What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 47. 47, Bo. Holy cow, you're catching up to my age. <laughs> Soon we'll be at 53, Episode 47 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast, <laughs> sponsored by Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. My name is Milton Campus. Hello, everybody. I'm in Purple Belt at a Fight Sports Coral Springs. You can check me out on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you can check me out on Instagram at Uncle Milty BJJ. We got Bo the comedian behind the camera. Say hello, Bo. Hello. Huge <laughs> shout out to Flow and Roll. Love you guys for all you do. Sean, we appreciate you. At flow underscore n underscore roll on Instagram. Get 20% off your online t-shirt, rash guard, or gi order with code JJD at flowandroll.com. I believe he still does this. If you order a belt, they do the embroidery. Automatically, I believe. So you get to, or you get to choose it, but uh, really cheap, super inexpensive. Uh, he's the guy that sends out the belts uh, to our winners when we, uh, or excuse me, to people who donate to the foundation. So uh, they're they're doing it uh, for us there too as well. So uh, DD two fourteen. Let me get you got a shot of my shirt, Bo. Right, you got the whole thing. Ah, uh-huh. murder pajamas and fanny packs. Thank you guys. DD two fourteen fight wear at DDD. <laughs> you laughing? It's funny <laughs> shirt. shirt. <laughs> at DD two fourteen underscore fight wear gear for the war on PTSD. Love it. Get fifteen percent off your online order at DD two fourteen BJJ Please check out their new Soul Armor Memorial Day gi. We're actually going to show you a little bit about it right now. Check this out. It's amazing how something as mundane as a stroke of a pen can change your life forever. The moment you sign your name to your enlistment contract, you embark on a journey both as an individual and as a member of a team. The trials and tribulations experienced in uniform both lift you up and tear you down. Then one day you've completed your service, it's time to sign your DD-214. With the stroke of a pen, you're now a civilian, leaving behind an identity. All at once, you go from living by a schedule to becoming a prisoner of your own freedom. Every day is an individual battle to figure out who you are now and where do I belong. For years, you've only known a life of sacrifice, embracing discomfort. For my brothers and sisters who have shown me the shortness of life, I will train, I will evolve, and I will fight my demons because you fought for me. Pretty cool, everybody, right? Go check that out. Link is in the bio. We also want to thank Retro Grappler. We'll be collaborating with Chris. He's an awesome designer. We're going to be collaborating with him on some uh, rash guards. We're going to take our little Mike Mike character, our Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Mike character. We're going to put it on a gi. Uh, We're working on that right now. But you can check them out at Retro Grappler Shop and RetroGrappler.com. Huge shout-out. Huge shout-out to this guy, Nick. 
Nick Ron over at Warriors Next Adventure. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, they were here a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, we got to train with him. They are a veteran nonprofit, and they're filming a documentary called PTSD versus Jiu-Jitsu. He is still traveling the country right now, even after the bus broke down, the little <laughs> mini bus. He went back home, got his truck, and he's traveling the country again. It's going to be about 50 days total. Check out the website. Find out where he's going to be. Go to warriorsnextadventure.com. You can donate or you can find out more information about the documentary. Again, it's PTSD versus Jiu-Jitsu. There's a video there. It's really cool. Check him out. Donate if you can. And he's on, on the road as we speak. He could use all of your support. All right? Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share wherever you're watching or listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to click the bell on our page. Get notifications each time we launch new videos. All right? Anything else, Bo? We need cathedral-sounding bells when you do that. So it's a bong, bong. bong. <laughs> I don't think we're ready for that. I don't yeah, think your neighbors sure. are ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Let's get, our, let's get today's guests in here. Let's bring them in. Let's do it. Joining us today, well-known BJJ instructional content creator. He's one of the, the best out there right now, one of my favorites. Multiple-time IBJJF gold medalist and black belt Alec Balding. How you doing, Alec? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for the patience. I find myself, oh, I might as well just keep the, the, the uh, keep it going. I'm always apologizing for being a little late or we have something fucked yeah. up. But, <laughs> but, hardy, hardy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you doing this, man. I mean, again, you know, uh, you've been doing this a lot longer than we have. So, uh, have I? Probably, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we've, been doing this for two, we've been doing this for two years. How long have you been uh, uh, kind of doing your instructionals? Um, I say I instructionals. Really get... I'm, I'm including like the, you know, Instagram, uh, uh, YouTube stuff. Oh, uh, well, I didn't start really doing that till maybe 2017, like okay, consistently. Yeah. What, what really set it off for you? What, what were you doing stuff before? Like, was it like ADCC, the trials win? Was that like the, the, the point that set you off and, and got you more popular? Or were you doing a lot of stuff before that? I mean, I, I've been training for seven years, probably just started following you in the last couple. But what really made, what really took off for you? Um, so I, I started taking my social media seri more seriously than, like before I got more popular. So I had friends, other black belts that uh, have, you know, more followers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they were... They were like taking me aside and being like, hey, do you need to post on Instagram like in 2016 or earlier? They're like, hey, you yeah. need to be like doing this and that. And for me, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll just win some tournaments and, you know, that'll make me popular. But like I got to a point where I was like, this is not it's not happening that way. So, yeah, uh, uh, I think 2017, I just started making videos. So if you guys want to go back, I have a few like uh, car videos. I'm in my car in the summer in Georgia. <laughs> Windows rolled up. So I have the good audio. So, yeah. I would just do these weird little videos that nobody liked, but uh, that, that's the beginning. That's how it all started for me. Yeah, man. It's like one foot in front of the other, though. I mean, those things probably, mm -hmm. right? We were talking about mics and things before. That's, you know, some of the things that kind of get you going. You figure out what's working, what doesn't. Maybe I shouldn't shoot in my car. Maybe I should shoot here. Get yeah. into the studio, <laughs> get on the mat. So, so let's go back even further than that. Let, let's, you know, do the, uh, you know, how you got your start in jujitsu or, or martial arts as a whole. Where, where did it begin for you? Uh, so I started in Taekwondo. He kind of froze up on me a little bit. Yep. yep. Keep, keep talking. I, yeah. I hear the, we hear you. It froze up on this end too. I hope it oh. wasn't because I hit the, the computer. We see you on our screen still. <laughs> okay. Hopefully, hopefully it'll pop in, but we there hear you. Go. There yep. you go. You're back. I, I see you. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Go ahead. So, so again, so what what got you started? How'd you get started in in uh, not only jujitsu but martial arts? Uh, so I started with taekwondo, and um, I had a friend in high school. I I, I knew he did martial arts, so I was kind of interested. And this is like, uh, it's really funny that this just the time period I grew up in. It was the same time around the same time as the first Ultimate Fighter. Ah. So there's actually a lot of black belts that are you know, started around the same time as me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was really interested in martial arts. You know, back then, I think YouTube had just come out. It was always like jujitsu versus karate, jujitsu versus taekwondo, jujitsu versus Muay Thai. So um, I, I was super interested in starting, uh, but I didn't have a car. So taekwondo was the closest place to my house. So <laughs> that's how I got started. And then uh, luckily, I just happened to be in a city where there was jujitsu. So if there wasn't jujitsu in my city in, in Atlanta, you know, I would have been screwed. So yeah. I ended up uh, starting training under Alliance, Team Alliance in Atlanta. And, you know, from there, it's history, just a lot of world champion instructors. So it's kind of hard not to get good. So what age did you start? I was about 15. Okay. So like still kind of like before I got a car and license, license, license and stuff. So um, I'm happy I started at 15 because it was like my decision. It was like that was the first thing I was first time I wanted to really do something versus like playing like basketball or football as a little kid where your parents kind of, kind of push you towards yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so jujitsu for me, was like, or martial arts was like something I was like really into. My family didn't, didn't really understand it. So they just kind of, <laughs> they, that I guess thing they, you I'm, do in your pajamas, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's so weird now because jujitsu is cool. You know, there's people in Hollywood doing it. There's it's, it's, it's mainstream now. Yeah. Uh, but back then, like, man, it was like Fight Club. The gym I first trained at was dirty <laughs> and dark. There was all dudes. And it's just like no beginner's class. It was just like, OK, man, go fight, man. Yeah. So it was rough, uh, but I loved it. <laughs> Listen, trial by fire, man. It's never a bad thing, you know. Got you to this point. So when did you get your black belt? I got mine. I had some breaks in mine, but I, I got mine, I think, when I was 25 or 26. Yeah. Was that, uh, I think, I, I think I saw somewhere, is that 2015? Yeah, 2015. 2015. So about maybe four or five years of brown belt, that brown belt grind. So <laughs> Four or five years got, of brown belt. Oh boy. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Now, is that uh, like, so, uh, is that, I mean, a lot of schools would do like anywhere from one to maybe three years of brown belt. I mean, I've seen as low as one. Um, do you feel like, uh, like I, I, I believe, and look, I'm a, ha- I, I, I'm ha- happily, a hobbyist. I will admit that, you know, I'm, I'm 48. I'm going to be 48 next month. Started late, started at 41, uh, going to be 48 in June. So look, you know, I've done a little bit of competing, not a lot stopped because I had some health issues, mm. but I recognize that the female or even a male, whoever, I just, I have a female in mind in my gym who's still a purple belt who should probably be because she's coaching, she's training every day, should probably probably already have her brown belt, is still a purple belt. I think there's a different track for somebody that's going to compete and a different track for somebody that's going to, that is a little bit more of a hobbyist. Agree or disagree? Mm-hmm. Right? No, I agree. I, I think I, some people have tried to fight me on that point, and I've said, but really? Like, I've seen people get her, their brown belts with a lot fewer days training. They don't compete at all. I I do believe everybody should have their own journey and their coach is going to help them decide what that journey is. But I definitely think you're saying like 
the, the amount of time that would you say five years, uh, four or five years at Brown Belt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was that partially because you were competing? Uh, I'm sure it was a lot of different factors. Yeah. It wasn't just the, the competition aspect of it. Yeah. So how many years total from when you started to when you got your black belt? How long had you trained? Uh, probably 10 years. But okay. Say, say like I didn't take any breaks and whatever. It might have been a lot less, maybe yeah. six. Okay. All right. So <laughs> something like, like that, you know, like something quick. Okay. Because, because again, sometimes, you know, your coach is going to be like, well, you know, listen, I'm not going to throw you into the to fire with these brown belts. I, I fought a guy one time that was a 26-year-old purple belt. I was in my 40s and he'd been training since he was 16. Mm-hmm. You know, so his purple belt was not the same as my purple no. belt, you know, and I'm fighting this guy. I'm like, oh, I took a beating that day, left with mm-hmm. a nice big purple mark on my nose from all the rubbing. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, look, I, I, again, some people have tried to fight me on that, but, but I mean, look, everybody's got their own journey. So when, when you have somebody come, you mentioned before about like, uh, you know, it was your choice to train. Do you see that a lot? Cause you were also coaching. Do you, do you see that a lot where parents are like, got to really push their kids into it? And, and is that kind of a bad idea? You know, what's that advice to the parent? Um, I mean, it's rough. I mean, I, I think a lot of parents, you know, a lot of the parents do jujitsu a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can be the, the tougher ones because they, they're like, man, I wish I had started when I was, you know, that age. So mm-hmm. sometimes they can push their kids too hard. Um, I, I feel like I, luckily I've been able to teach in different countries. So in yeah. America, I felt like it was more prevalent parents kind of, kind of pushing a little bit more yeah. and kind of coaching on the side and like, come on, dude, <laughs> I didn't have too many issues with that. I was like, come yeah. on, dude, you know, you don't, you don't, I know you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, when I taught in, in other countries, a lot of times the parents were just like, <laughs> okay, just take think? over. You got yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> you do yeah. it. So where have um, you trained? I know I, I've heard uh, I've heard you talk about Sweden. Uh, mm-hmm. How did how the heck did that happen? Is it was it uh, kind of school like having an alliance out there, or you just decided to travel? Um, so if you guys know John Thomas, he's a good friend of mine. Okay. So he moved out there. It, it just kind of happened. We had some Swedish people come visit Atlanta to come train, and then just that connection. So John Thomas went out there, and then eventually, I think. A few years later, maybe two or three years later, I was like, hey, I'm going to come visit Sweden, too. So yeah. uh, we just developed a relationship that way. And then I ended up staying there for about three years. Oh, wow. So. And where else have you have you traveled to other countries and, and trained yeah, yeah. or coached? So that's a good, good uh, upside to doing jujitsu. Just, you know, you can go to these different countries. And even if you don't speak the language there, like, you know, you're going to be able to roll. You're yeah. going to understand the techniques, right? So, yeah. And uh, we have local, all those uh, international tournaments. So that that really helped me just, hey, I'm going to do this tournament. Okay, I'll, I guess I'll go there a little bit earlier and then travel and train. So, uh, yeah, I'm super lucky to – I don't even know, even know how many countries I've been to. So really? That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm jealous. So where is – where are you now? You're coming to us from – Atlanta, GA. Atlanta, GA. So you're here in the States. And what, mm-hmm. gym, do you, what gym do you train and, and coach at? I don't coach. Haven't been coaching. Oh, you haven't. Okay. Yeah, I've not been coaching for about a year or oh. so. Well, because of the vid or uh, just a lot of things. But yeah. Okay. Is that something uh, you're going to continue to do though? You'll you'll coach again. I I don't know, man. Oh, I'm wow. so spoiled just doing everything on, online. Ah. Like, <laughs> man, it's gonna it's gonna be hard to drag me back. Yeah. To, like teaching oh, wow. all the time. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I just travel. I just trained at my friends' gyms now. I have a good friend. If you guys watch some of my videos, cousin Tony. He's <laughs> really into nogi, so I'm always you know showing sharing stuff with him. I also train at my friends' uh, gym in, in uh, Gainesville, Georgia. C Doan, uh, my buddy Jeff Cummings. I train with him, so I just I just go train with my friends now. So like I don't even worry about teaching. I just go have nice. fun. <laughs> shoot some shoot some some instagram reels that's it yeah. you know I'm, I'm good so so let's talk about covid real quick so mm-hmm. is it covid put you into this place where now or were you already going to say like i don't want to really coach anymore or was it the vid that that put you in this position uh it was a little bit of both um it just i think just a lot of different factors i don't think covid helped it didn't yeah. help at all but <laughs> Uh, look, I'm just, I'm going to say, luckily I, it just gave me that opportunity to have a break because yeah. I've been going and we, I, I talked about getting my black belt in 2015. So I've been going maybe 20, 2014, 2015 to 2020, just like wow. as hard as I could go. Like, as, that, that, you know, uh, that was like my whole, uh, black belt almost like as long as I've been, been a black belt, I've been going like hard competing, training, teaching, traveling so it was a really good time to take a break you know everything kind of slowed down there wasn't any tournaments there wasn't like you know schools kind of slowed down too so I just took that time off to kind of figure out what I wanted to do and you know just uh it's easy to get into that routine I know for myself when I was teaching all the time twice a day three times a day like uh, I just got in such a schedule I didn't really have time to think about like my life and what I wanted to do so yeah so there's the love of jujitsu, and then there's the business of jujitsu. Mm. Do you are you handling the business of jujitsu on your own? Is that is it all you? Do you have anybody that helps out with putting up videos or you know monitoring comments on YouTube and you know or is it just you? Uh, I do as much as I can, but I mean obviously I have like people that help me. You know my the people that are in the videos are helping me. Yeah, sharing techniques with me. They're letting me film them. Yeah, I also have ment- business mentors and friends. So I mean. Uh, I have a lot of support. That's the only way I can yeah. do all this stuff and, you know, be able to do it consistently. It's just, I have a good support system for myself. So, so what, uh, what kind of mentors do, do you have? Like just, you know, like business mentors or jujitsu or both, you know, people that are doing similar things to what that, that, that you're doing as well. Uh, everything, you know, I have people I look to look for like guidance in business, dealing with contracts, yeah. Dealing with you know the business aspect of jujitsu, we don't talk about too much. Yeah. I have people on the creative side that are super yeah. creative, so I can get pick their brain and see like where I should gear my content towards. I have people in jujitsu that you know they're showing me these t- cool techniques. Oh, I need to start working on this now. I need to watch out for these heel hooks now. So <laughs> uh, I'm everywhere, man. Wherever we can find help, just take it. <laughs> yeah. So l- let's talk about the, let's talk about the business uh, side of jujitsu here. So. You're you're a very well known. I you, you must know this. You are very well known for your. I found you more on Instagram than anything, but you have a, a YouTube a very large YouTube presence as well. You know, we talked about the car videos, but when did that really take off? When did you really say, ah, this this can be a business. I can make money from this. When did that really click for you? Mm, it, it didn't click for a long time. Yeah, that's why I want people to understand. It wasn't like overnight. You know, just success. It was. It started with those car videos, and then like, I just kept trying those, and I was, I saw that hey, it wasn't really doing that well. So then I started doing like more like, I think I started doing like uh, breakdowns of videos of like tournaments and stuff. Okay. And then 
that didn't work so well. Then I started doing something else. So it wasn't just like one thing clicked overnight. It was yeah. just me trying different things. And then um, I think after ADCC, I was like, I better, I better, I better use this. Or after the trials mm-hmm. in 2018, I was like, I better start like pumping myself up because Flow Grappler wasn't like, you know, hyping me up like some of these other guys. Yeah. So I was like, I better use whatever little bit of fame, whatever notoriety, whatever, like start using that now to bump up my social media, my, my seminars, my instructional. So uh, I think ADCC was a big bump. And then I think the next year I happened to do, I happened to film a video and it's, it's, uh, was, I didn't want to do the video. It was like, my back was kind of hurting. And like, it was one of those days I couldn't even get like a white belt to help me be the partner. It's like, it was one of those rough days. Yeah. So I just got some guys like, Hey man, just film me. And then I did like a little, little double leg and then went to post that video. And then I think I was going home. I was in Sweden at the time. So I was going home for the first time in a few years. And so that, that happened to be like my biggest video. It was like a video I didn't plan on doing. I didn't really want to do. I didn't even think about. Yeah. So um, you can't really control when you're successful. Yeah. I, I, hear, on- I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot. It's like if you could sit down and uh, we, we spoke to Kendall Rusing recently and she was like, mm. I could post 30 videos you know, and I'm kind of, you know, going to summarize kind of what she said, but I could think 20 of them are great. And the 30th mm-hmm. is going to be the one that takes off, you know? And, uh, yeah, so you hear that a lot. So uh, these, young, I guess like everybody wants to be internet famous these days, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not going to include myself in that. This was never, we were, sure, and I, sure, we, ne- sure, we never sure. looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I wasn't doing this, I would not be on Instagram and Facebook. I do, you know, I love talking about jujitsu. You'd we be on OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> we stepped into this a little bit. It was just like, hey, man, I have some really cool conversations with my friends about jujitsu. Mm-hmm. My wife said, hey, there's a company, there's a guy that shoots podcasts in my in my office. You should do it there. I mm-hmm. was shocked. I was just like, about she hates jujitsu. She hates my love of jujitsu, or did at the time. And then she, her like saying, and there was a place for me to do it. It was just like she gave me the green light. I said, all right, cool. I'll get my friends together. We'll talk about jujitsu. Got with my producer Bo. We had worked together in the past, and you know, then we just we said let's put out a couple a month. Let's not go too crazy. We were doing two mm-hmm. a month uh, until recently, and now we're in a new studio in Miami doing at least three. You know, maybe we'll even put out four four a month. You know, that's a lot for us with regular day jobs. Yeah. And then uh, outside of jujitsu, and, and it just takes off. But you know, uh, to this day, you know, I tell people, "This look, is my day job." By yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you, listen. You got first. You gotta love what you do, and and you could see it in the videos that you put out. And we're just having a ball doing this. I mean, we just had Marcelo Cohen in uh, earlier. Mm. Uh, he's it was he's very That's a the lot guy of fun. That to Mikey to. recently, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yes. He fought he fought Mikey Musumeci. Represent for the Masters. Yeah. <laughs> the Masters out there. <laughs> yeah, he was. We were talking about that too. About you know he'll go into adult because uh, there's nobody really in Masters. But uh, yeah, I mean for the for these kids, you know, I try to tell people if you just if you're doing this to be famous. It's, I don't mm. think it works for you if you're just doing it to be famous because it, it winds up coming off that way. I think that if you're doing this because you love jujitsu or whatever you're doing, if you're putting out cooking videos, or if you're doing it because you love it, I think those are the ones that really resonate with people because mm. they see that you're not trying so hard. So it's like, listen, just do what, what, like you said, you're doing a double leg. You didn't even, you didn't want to do the video. You know, you were heading <laughs> home, whatever. And that's the one that takes off. And I just think that, you know, like the younger kids. Now, look, I, I'll, I'll defer to you. What, what advice would you give that young kid that's like, you know, I'm 
doing really good at jujitsu, and I and I would like to be like an Alec Balding. I would like to increase my presence. Any advice for these young kids doing it now? Uh, I mean, it's tough. I mean, it, it is a part of the game, so you can't ignore it. You know, you can't just. I, I I'm kind of happy. It's kind of like I don't know. Catch twenty two is a term, but like kind of growing up before like Instagram and like Facebook were popular. So mm. we didn't really have that like pressure. It was like, Oh, I got in, flo- I got in the Gracie mag. That was like, Oh, cool. Awesome. Okay. Let's go back to training. Yeah. So Wait, it wasn't really you? like, how old is he? You said you are 30. I'm 32. So I'm in- 32. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I dated myself when I said, mentioned uh, Gracie mag. <laughs> you said magazine for all your yeah, kids. Right. Magazines <laughs> used to come in the mail. Or you They're made of paper. Store. And yeah. have- it's like Instagram, but on paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we didn't we didn't really have that pressure to like it was like it was more like okay I need to win this tournament that's like I still kind of think about that I think of that way like oh I win this tournament that's the that's the proper route yeah um, but it can be tough you know it it because it's not all fair you you have some kids maybe they you know they grew up in California or they go train with the Mendez brothers of course they're gonna they're gonna have a bigger following than you yeah even even if you're the same skill. It's just they're going to have a bigger following there in the, yeah. the network with the guys, you know. Uh, so that can be tough. Um, I don't know. It's it's like it's all new, right? It's not yeah. like this has ever been like. As old as the Internet is now, it's still it's still new. I mean, you know, it's really, you know, it's in its infancy with some of the things that are happening. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you Gordon Ryan, I, I don't know that he's the first to let it out, let the cat out of the bag. But I know I heard you talking about this on a podcast that you're on, which is. I do the competitions to sell my my instructionals. My instructionals mm-hmm. is where I'm making the money. I'm not making the money from the competition, but the competition gives me and my my videos, my pages exposure, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the cat's out of the bag after after the last competition that he did. Well, the like, fact you know, that he kills everybody that he goes up against yeah. also gives him yeah, credibility, I, yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, he him by calling a move and then, oh, lo and behold... There's an instructional on, you know, mounted triangles or, mm-hmm. you know, armor, whatever the move was in the last one. So, I mean, it, it, it's again, cats out of the bag. But I think, you know, I'm not I'm not going to you know give advice like I would like I'm you. But I definitely see that you want to get famous, compete. You want to be you want to be known, compete, put out the videos. But you need to compete. You need to be out there. You need to be doing tournaments. And that was, I mean, as a 40 year, 48 year old man, that's the advice that I would give a 16, 17 or even a 20 year old that's looking to be, you know, quote unquote, Internet famous, you know. I mean, things are changing because like on even on like uh, it kind of throws up a little. Yeah, bit. I hit the wire. It'll, that's it'll me back. hitting the it'll wire. You'll come back. No worries. Yeah. We got the sound. Uh, uh, but there's guys on uh, YouTube that are, you know, they're not I'm not going to say they're not good, but you know, they're probably never going to win like Pro Bowl Worlds or anything. But yeah. Their con- if their con- their content does resonate with people, so yeah, I I I think that's kind of old school mentality. You know, I need to be a black belt. That's how I used to think. I need to be a black black belt before I can start posting these techniques. But I mean, realistically, I don't know. It's whoever's more entertaining, whoever yeah. the 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 people relate to that are going to do well. So maybe it could be a sixteen year old blue belt that doesn't win but has a good personality or a good great story. So. Yeah. I think you just got to experiment guys. Don't don't you don't have to follow the same cookie cutter model, yeah. you know. When 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 the world championship become famous, like there's probably easier ways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, when I've never looked at a video 
I'll look up a move. I've never said, well, let me check out this guy's credentials. Let me look at his record before I watch this video or take in this content. I've never done that. I've, I usually gravitate, and this is one of the reasons why I like your stuff, I usually gravitate towards people that, first of all, I like it in smaller snippets. That's why I like your Instagram stuff. I like it quicker and faster. Um, that's what she said, right? Um, <laughs> and, and, like, and I like when it's explained, though. Like, I need to know where the hand, like, the hand that I don't see on camera, like, I need to know where that hand is or where that foot's supposed to be. Oh, it's pointing out or it's pointing in or, you know, it's close to the body. Like, those little details are, are what help me. I like your stuff. I like uh, uh, Jason Scully because he puts them out, like, really fast. Like, oh, you can pick out something and say, oh, I'm in that position. A lot of you know, 50 Kimuras or 50 uh, mm -hmm. uh, takedowns in, in six minutes. I always gravitated towards those. Eli Knight, I've had him on the show, same thing. Like, I like the way he explains stuff. So, you know, quick, I like to see it explained well in a short amount of time. And I gravitate towards those videos the most. But again, I've never looked back and said, let me check out his record before I do that move. Mm. Show me the move, and then I'm going to make it my own or, you know, add my little twist to it if if I even do that. But I think, you know, everybody has a, a different, uh, you know, kind of, uh, of way of coaching. And I think mm -hmm. for me, I didn't know you when you were doing ADCC, uh, when you won the trials. Like, I was, I kind of really just trained and, you know, watched the occasional Jason Scully video and then I started, you know, as we started doing the podcast a few years ago, and then I discovered kind of the tournament systems or the not the tournament systems, but the competition scene. Oh, mm -hmm. well, fight to win. They were already in the, you know, well over 100. And I'm like really just discovering that. I'd heard about them, but I wasn't going home watching them. And then now because of the podcast, wanting to talk to people that compete and I just now I'm addicted to, you know, the the fight to wins and the who's number the who number the who's number ones. Uh, but again, you know, look, uh, look, everyone's different. Teaching tactics and styles are different. Then you just got to find who like resonates with you, and then mm -hmm. you know, get into their stuff. But, like with with the like, I'm seeing you you wearing your BJ BJJ fanatic shirt or sweater. Oh, yeah. um, like yeah. you know, when we was talking to Mar Marcelo uh, Cohen on the last show, and he said, "I was like, did you find the instructionals, or did they find you? Like, how did this happen for you?" And he said he just looked at the producers on the videos. And he just started emailing them. He got their emails and he started emailing just like the producers. He did an instructional and then they sold it to BJJ Fanatics. Now that's mm -hmm. not the road. Is that the road for, for you as well? Or is it, is it different? Or were you approached? Did they come to you? You go to them? Uh, so I did mine after I did one of the trials. Mm -hmm. uh, so my coach, the coach that was in Atlanta, in Atlanta he's still there. Uh, Leo Noguera. He's, he's really good friends with Bernardo. So they, had the same style, pressure, mm -hmm. half guard, and they came up together in Sao Paulo. So um, I think it definitely helps to go that route because, you know, unfortunately, they're going to give those the guys that win those tournaments more money, you know, yeah. just up front. Oh, you're world champion. You did ADCC. They're going to give you more money than like, you know, Naga champion, right? Even if Naga champion might, <laughs> Naga champion is good too, but yeah. <laughs> not the same. Uh, good, no, but not, not the same. same. Um, but I mean, ultimately you, you, you still have to come up with like your topic and they might help you brainstorm, but you still have to know your, your topic really well to be able to, you know, talk about it for a few hours and show the techniques and stuff. Yeah. One of the things that I heard somebody talking about with, with your instructionals and, and I agree was that you not only show the move, but then you have your partner mm. kind of work the move as well, which you don't typically see in the instructionals. It's, it's not very often that you see 
somebody now practicing the move that you've just taught the person and the people that are watching on screen to how to do the move on you. Right. I mean, it makes was sense. That conscious, me, like, was that conscious? Was that conscious, a conscious effort for you? Or is that just something like, Oh crap, I didn't even realize I did that. I mean, that's how I, I teach. So just from teaching so long, you know, you teach kids and white belts, like you're like, dude, you're not doing it right. Okay. Do the, here, put your foot yeah. here. You gotta like, <laughs> you got, no, you're doing it wrong. Like you have to kind of get in there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just natural. You know, if you're working with someone pure beginner, they're not going to know what to do or how to move their body. So, you know, you just grab them and Hey, push here, do that. Yeah. So just over years. And then like, when I lived in Sweden, I had to like, I was teaching kids and they didn't speak English. So it was like, it was rough. So I had to like yeah. use hand gestures. You learn a little bit of the language. So I'm doing yeah. everything I can, like almost non-verbally. Are you fluent now? Like, Were you I there speak a little now? bit. Yeah. It's been, it's been a year. About two years, um, a year or two since I left there, but I, I, I was getting pretty decent. I was getting yeah. pretty decent. <laughs> I've been using my Swedish in a, in a while, so. Uh, Next is Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> but I mean, so much of jujitsu. Think about like the you know a lot of places had Brazilian instructors that didn't speak English, right? So mm. you're like Still. boom, <laughs> pointing. Yeah. So that's how that's how we just teach. It's just yeah. very nonverbal communication, which luckily translates pretty well everywhere. So now are you, uh, I, what was the last event that we saw you on? Was it a who's number uh, one? Or yeah, was that's it last a time I... to win? Who's number one? Mm-hmm. So are, are, are you still going to actively compete in, in either IBJJF or who number one? Are, are you active? I mean, you said you don't want to, you know, kind of straying away from coaching, but is that still something you're going to be doing? I want to, uh, there's a few tournaments that I'm, I'm so for me, I'm only like looking at the tournaments that I'm excited about. So mm-hmm. before I would just like, you know, I'll try to compete once a month or something insane, but like now I'm just kind of just focus on what I like. I'm excited about doing pans, you know, it's yeah. going to be a big tournament. It's not too far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to just be, have fun with it first more yeah. so than like, uh, I got to do this. I, I, for my social media, there's been times where I had to do something because of social media. Uh, so now I'm just like, when I took that break off during COVID, it was like, okay, if I want to compete, I want to have fun. I want to like be really geared to do this. And I think that's the way you need to do it. If you like, if you're not having fun to compete, cause it's such a nerve wracking experience. If, if you don't really want to be there, like, you know, it, it's, everybody knows it. you know, it. you're, Opponent knows it. The referee knows it. The table <laughs> staff knows it. Like this guy doesn't want to be here. So. Just, I, I just want to be excited to go out there and you know uh, do my best. So, uh, I think eventually, you know, there's like I said, pans. That's a big one. I'm l- really looking forward to to Disneyland. Hit up Disneyland afterwards. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, there will be some more tournaments. Just, just no rush to yeah go back out there and pay pay an exorbitant amount. so with with like the who's number ones and the and the fight to wins do you have to stay in their ear a little bit do you have to be like hey listen man i want to compete you you know if you find an opponent for me i'll be ready you know is it like that or is it just you're waiting for the phone to ring in some cases uh i think it's i don't i don't want to say it's merit-based so for me like before the adcc trials i remember i went to new jersey kind of beforehand and so they happened to be doing like a fight to win in um, somewhere, I don't know, somewhere in New Jersey. It was, I don't know where it was. So this is like two weeks before ADCC. So 
you know, I tried to, I was like, Hey Seth, I didn't really know him that well. So I was like messaging him. I was like, dude, can I get on the card? And then like, I remember I went to the event and I had my gear ready. I was like, man, you need anybody? And like, I, I couldn't get on there. So yeah, uh, I wasn't too butt hurt, but for me, it was like, I, you know, I couldn't get on there, but then, you know, fast forward a week or two later, we went ADTC trials and then like that kind of opened the door for me. So I think, uh, I forget what you were talking about, but well, I'm saying like, do you have to stay in the area, or do you have to, you know, like you have to be like, hey, like what you just said, hey, look at me, I'm over here, I, I want to get on the card, or you know, does the phone ring? And you said it's really more merit based, so they they need to see yeah. you out there competing. Yeah, I think if you show if you show what you got, you know, yeah, and if you just say you're interested, so I think they'll they'll uh, bring you on. I, I think even for who's number one, I I didn't like. I didn't like try to pull any favors or anything. I just did the fighter application just like everybody else. Yeah. And then uh, it wasn't nothing, nothing like I didn't phone anybody. Hey, let put me on the card. I want to be the main event. It Seth, wasn't like make that. this happen. No, I just Call did the back. fighter. Reg- <laughs> I did the fighter registration just like everybody else. And then they got back to me and helped me get a match. So I think you always want to rely on your merit. You don't want to rely on someone else's uh, reputation or anything because you might you might tarnish that thing so yeah well try to rely on yourself guys gotcha. or favors man favors come back to haunt you man. <laughs> no you, free lunch man you do a lot of these instructionals are you a consumer of anybody in particular are you do you watch videos is there a go-to instructional that you like or a person that you really like to follow and get some tips from um i I honestly try not to watch too much jujitsu instructionals. I used to, when I was coming up, you know, blue belt, purple, like just watch so much video. And that's, you know, we would study that way. Um, now I kind of just, so I don't copy anybody, your talking points or anything. I kind of steer clear as much as possible, but I, I do watch other instructionals from different fields. So maybe like uh, filmmaking, photography, music, yeah. like, anime so i kind of look at other other sources and kind of try to and include that in my own style um but i i really don't try to copy anybody i will go on instagram and you know there's there's pages that i'll check out and oh i guess i gotta work, work out watch out for these moves these heel hooks coming up <laughs> that move oh what is he doing so i will kind of just kind of glance and see what's going on see oh oh flow grappling post something okay cool oh, gotta watch out for that move now uh I think for me, because I was able to travel, that's that's how I'll go learn a lot. You know, if I want to work on my passing, gotcha. I'll go train Lucas Lepre. Or if I go to these tournaments, I'm watching the tournaments and, oh, what are the blue belts doing? What are the purple belts doing? So I think just uh, uh, always kind of keeping your eye out open for new techniques probably is the best way. And then uh, a lot of the stuff we can figure out ourselves, too. I mean, jiu-jitsu is very logical. So if you, if you like, say someone asks me a question and I don't know the answer, I'll Kind of how we were talking, we talked about like, I'll let the person do the move on me. I'll mm-hmm. to figure out the position. I'll, hey, put grab my ankle. Okay, let's yeah. see if I can get out of this. And then I'm like, ah, I can't get out. So uh, a, lot, a lot of it's just like experimentation. You know, there's not so you always tell them like, like the, yeah, okay, wait, all right. So you're, I ask you a question and you go, well, I'm drawing a blank here. Yeah, do the move on me. Let me, I'll show you what I would do. You kind yeah, of would feel, just, okay, so if we're here, then I would do this. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. it was just kind of. Sit there and figure it out. You yeah. know, if I can't figure it out. I'll go ask somebody. <laughs> That's the best way. I, you know, I always bring up uh, when I first started trading my first gym, my coach was 265. I was probably 210, 220. And I had a 400 pound training partner, mm. taller than me, very large man, sweetheart of a guy, 
gentle giant, but we always had to kind of figure out things and, and it just became part of the class and it wasn't like embarrassing for him or anything. We would, we didn't make it like, okay, now let's, you know, let's show how to do it for a fat guy. It wasn't like that. It was just like, okay, listen, we've just got to do it a little different. Hey, where do you need me? Go here. Okay. So we would be like, I can, I can never close my feet and, and guard. So he was always an open guard for him. If he was in somebody's guard, no matter, I don't care how big, there was nobody whose legs were big enough. Shaq wouldn't be able to, to lock around him. And I only say that to say he was, he was a large guy. And so we did everything different. So, okay, the move, you know. He wasn't learning how to pass the guard the same way that I was. Mm-hmm. It was always an open guard. Okay, where do you go from here? So just always had that mindset of like working things out and learned early on. I coached just for a little bit at that gym. Like, you know, I was a white belt into a blue belt. And so I'd help with the kids' classes or the white belts mm-hmm. behind me. So I, I, I knew early on just from him that everybody's body type, you know, you, you, first of all, you, everybody's mind learns a little differently, but everybody's body type is going to do the move just a little bit differently. You know, we all know we see that guy with the skinny legs like, yeah, <laughs> there's the triangle guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the smash and pass. I'm right now. I'm I'm like 240. <laughs> so, What's um, that, you know, continent class? <laughs> 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 Planet I'm class? I'm 240. I'm a smash and pass guy. I mean, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight to get on top and, you know, I'm going to, you know, rub my 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 ribs into your belly and then, you know, and make you, you know, a little of that. But, you know, I, you know, I, I was taught smash, get on top, stay on top, you know, um, now that I'm a little bit older and I had a knee injury, um, I actually now I'll pull a lot of guard cause I don't want to do mm. like a lot of like, you know, slide passing, you know, uh, it just scared to get the court, the knee caught. So I'll do a lot of pulling mm-hmm. guard and my coach is, uh, is, uh, I, I train at Fight Sports in Coral Springs, Florida, under Felipe Amarante, Felipe Amarante, and uh, and his wife Sophia, and uh, he's done a couple of fight to wins. He's he's like three and zero, and all his stuff is locked down, full guard, locked down, done, and uh, you know kind of the Eddie Bravo electric chair style. So I've I've kind of just taken on that. He's got a you know he's got a bad back, so he's he pulls guard. He doesn't want to hurt his back. He pulls guard. He's comfortable, and I've just kind of taken that on too because now I'm so scared of of, of messing up my knee again. So, uh, but yeah, you know, everybody's different. And, you know, it, when I'm helping guys, especially like the kids, you know, I'll be like, I, I, when, I love when like the big kid, like he's 14 and he's just as big as me. I'm like, come here, <laughs> let, me show, let me give you the secrets for the big guy. I like like North South choke, you know, stay on top, be, you know, get their neck and, and they can't move, especially if you're that big. So, but I mean, look, everybody's a little bit different. So, I, I mean, look, uh, what, what what's your walking around with, or where do you normally compete? What weight are you normally competing at? Uh, I, I do like middle weight or middle heavy. Okay. Uh, so that could be like eighty two kilograms to 86, 85, 86. So that's uh, what like one sixty five. Yeah, one sixty five, one seventy five. Uh, it's like one eighty to one eighty five. Okay. Oh, maybe one ninety ish. Okay. Sometimes. Now, uh, for now, you how tall are you? I'm pretty short, so I'm about uh, five, 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 six. Okay. Oh, really? Same height so, as Marcelo. So, uh, so yeah, all right. Well, but, yeah, well, Mar- I think Marcelo's a little bit smaller than you. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yes. thicker weight. Thicker, Marce- uh, Marcelo's, yeah. uh, yes, is, is a little bit shorter, I think. Mar- now, Make sure you say Marcelo Cohen so they don't yeah, Marcelo think Marcelo Co- Garcia. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Marcelo? <laughs> Marcelo Garcia? <laughs> He's tiny, too, right? How tall is he? He's right. Uh, he's, he might be around the same size, but he's yeah. got... All his weights in his legs, so he's got the, those cankles, man. Yeah, he's got them really <laughs> thick legs. I, that's you know funny. That's where I got the my first tournament. Just white belt. I laid on this guy's face, 
I didn't know what a north south was at the time. I just we we transitioned. And I laid on his face, and he tapped from my belly being over his face. Mm. So I went home. So it was like, oh, it was a north south choke. I'm like, okay. So then I went home and looked it up, and there was Marcelo Garcia, you know, and uh, and I just watched that the, the same video a million times, and I made that my that was my big guy on top move is is a north south. So Did I you ever smell a, a a sweaty belly button. That's why he yeah. tapped. <laughs> I don't think that's the north south choke. Something else. <laughs> we uh, oh, my Mac is uh, give me a second, Alex. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Oh, you dying? Battery? Oh, yeah. yeah. I just it. Oh, you forgot to put yeah, the uh, forgot to plug it. Plug it in. Plug it in. So uh, so yeah. So that was I. I have a lot of military guys. My co-hosts again. Usually we do roundtables when it's not a Zoom. We have people come in. If you're ever in Miami, please come in. We'll have you in the studio. Um, one of my Marine co-hosts or Marine vet co-hosts, he, I've done the move on him. He calls it the Abu Ghraib. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because, <laughs> he calls it the Abu Ghraib very specifically because, you know, I'm a big guy. I, use, I, I used to wear a T-shirt over my rash guard. So the T-shirt just soaked in sweat. Waterboarding. <laughs> it, it's oh taken on the name of the Abu Ghraib. So Water- North South oh, is, is oh now the Abu Ghraib. So yeah, he hates it because I'll make sure that I put give him a little T-shirt before I sink the North South. Thing. Oh, but, you're cruel, dude. So let, let's. Uh, I got like a, I'm not necessarily going to call this a speed round, but let's talk a little bit about like you know competitors that you like to watch. Who's your Who's your favorite to watch? Not not instructionals, but like who's your favorite guy to watch? Or let's take a step back and say, because not everybody, not all jujitsu guys like watch a lot of like flow grappling and stuff. Do you? Are you uh, like a flow, a flow grappling guy? Do you like watch every event? Um, I'll you know I'll try to watch some of the bigger ones, uh, more so like those tournament ones. So when they do pants yeah. or something, nogi pants, just because you know I'm trying to see what's going on. Uh, but as far as competitors, you know Lucas Lepre definitely up there. Yeah, one of your faves. <laughs> Super- Super great, you know, one of the goats out there. Uh, Mikey, you know, Mikey will go fight heavyweight sometimes when he shouldn't. So yeah. that's <laughs> have you like, ever, dude, he's gonna die. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. He's got one of those famous videos, right, where the guy is like, like four of him, right? Is that him? There's like the really big dude. I mean, they were always yeah. Like well, he dude. did the absolute Europeans. That's is that the one? Probably. Is that the one that went viral where he's? Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a big dude. So Who else what's good? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish. Uh, I mean, old school guys. You know, from when I was coming up, it was always like Marcelo Garcia, Ronaldo Jacare, Hodge Gracie, uh, Margarita. <laughs> That's old school one. Uh, Ted Aday. Yeah, guys like Cobrinha. Um, so many good guys, man. There's so many good guys yeah. out there. And realistically, there's only like Balea. You know, guys. You guys know Balea. That kind of. He's the only no, no. person that he's on flow grappling, kind of posts all the old school matches, but that's like, that's it. Oh, I know. Yeah. He does like Bo- Balea's breakdown, right? But that's he does it. Breakdown, I think he calls it. But yeah. there's so many good guys, even like the old school guys, there are so many good guys that they just never got any attention. So did you train under, under Cobrinha? Yeah. So I was trained under Cobrinha, Lucas Lepre, uh, Roberto Traven for a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> so but there's so many good guys out there. And then there's so many good guys, young guys you guys don't hear about that are super good. They just yeah. they don't get a lot of uh, focus. So yeah. that, that's kind of hard because I know these guys and we all like all the black belts know these guys. But then like, you know, they're just never on like flow grappling or jujitsu times or anything. So it, yeah. it kind of sucks, man. What's your what's your go to move? What's your like 
again, like mine is, you know, I like the north south. Now I'm doing the lockdown a lot. Do you have a, a go to move? Like submission wise? Yeah. Well, yeah, well uh, I mean, what's, let's talk about uh, submission and then. You know, we'll also talk about position. Like, you know, where do you like to be? You pull, you a guard puller, or do you like takedowns? It all depends on the opponent. So I'm always yeah. adjusting my my game, my style, my approach to the opponent. Um, obviously, I have a game I like to use, uh, but it's always changing. Like that's one thing I like about myself is that you know, hey, it's not working. I'll get out of there. Yeah. You know, some guys, especially lower belts, you guys will sit in something They'll and commit. Like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you should have got out. It's too late. You screwed up. Yeah. That two seconds you wasted. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, like I try to be well rounded. I mean, obviously, there's you're gonna have preference and habits and stuff. But I'm always trying to adjust um, passing, guard play, you know, whatever. Um, I can't. I, I I make sure I don't have one thing. I just do. Yeah. So if I ask, if I ask you what was like your worst bad habit, do you have one? Like, what's that thing that you like? Man, I keep on doing that. I gotta stop doing that. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure I do stuff that I'm like I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Usually, I'm pretty <laughs> good about that. I'm like, man, I shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, most of my stuff is mental. It's not even like technical. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I need the, the techniques is off. It's like yeah. technique might be good. But maybe the timing was off, or maybe I didn't believe in the move enough, or. It's usually, it's never, it's almost never like technical, like. Gotcha. Is there, have you ever, is there a loss at either like on your record or at a competition, you know, the whole, you don't lose, you learn. Is there one that stands out, a loss that stands out to you that you're like, yeah, man, if it wasn't for that loss, I wouldn't have changed this in my game, which made me so much better. I mean, every lot, hopefully every loss you're like, man, I need to work on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some losses. I remember as a purple belt, this is uh, a few years ago. Well, it was definitely a few years ago, probably over a decade ago. Uh, but there was a point where you could do, you could sign up for the absolute without having to place because they would do the absolute before the day before at mm. purple belt. Okay. So this is, this is probably like a decade or more. And so I remember I was fighting this big guy. I was probably lightweight or maybe just started middleweight. And then like, it was a big guy. And I remember he, I think I was down on points and the guy's like, man, you'll never win during the match. So I was like, oh, no, <laughs> not today. <laughs> you're, never, you're not going to win. Uh, so that one kind of that, that one kind of stung. Um, but man, like I've lost so much. And after a few after a few months, years, like, dude, I forget, like, unless you like I wasn't thinking about that loss till you like, hey, was there... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but it's like, man, eventually people forget, you know, it's like. So it's just better just to like not get too hung up on it. You know, some guys like, Oh, I lost. And then they make excuses on, 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 you know, social media, like, well, the referee, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. First, uh, first I want to thank my coaches. I really put in performance, but you know, the ref this, and then there's always, if you read the the, the post long enough, there's always going to be some kind of excuse. Jesus, you know? dude, like if I'm losing, I just like, all right, let's go back. I think also the coaches, I remember like, you know, training under Cabrinha, like, you know, maybe you win a tournament and then like you like you know, come come back on Monday. Hey, uh, <laughs> cool. And then he was like, OK, let's go. Yeah. So it was always like it was all, always like humbling experience. I never had a chance to like. You know, I didn't have was, there wasn't social media back then, so I couldn't have like a million followers. And then like my coach over here is keeping me in check. So I never had a chance to like really get too big headed. So uh, that always I think very help, help, uh, thankful for that. 
Yeah, I don't think you're, you're never stepping into my gym and being like, yeah, I'm the Florida champion now. You know, I won the Florida whatever ABC Elemental P tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, you definitely I'm you saying, better not come in with a big head into, into I'm saying gym. I'm saying he would do that after like, oh, I won pants. Oh, I won pants. Hey, yo, oh, come over here. Like, <laughs> I guess that didn't he really give you a minute to enjoy the victory. You know, no. <laughs> I leave, well, let's say like the next class. You, know, you, you want to enjoy it in the next class. Take a picture with the coach. Put your medal on. No. No. The coaches were good about like, man, that doesn't mean anything, man. Like they're always so quick to like, which I'm happy. I'm glad they did that. So we never really thought about the wins or losses too much. Cause like, well, I'm still getting my butt kicked by this guy. So like what really changed? Do you use anything for like, for mindset? Do you, you mentioned mentors before, but do you have anything that you read or you watch that like, you know, gets the mind in check jujitsu or outside of this world, you know? Uh, something that like your go-to, like I, I have certain things that I'll listen to mm. or that I'll read that keeps my, you know, there's, there's a lot of similarities between sales, like uh, Bo and I are both kind of, a, you know, marketing backgrounds and there's certain okay. things that I'll listen to that, that I'm like, it translates well into just life and jujitsu and vice versa. Is there anything that you, it's like your go-to for you to keep your mind straight, whether it's before a competition or, or otherwise? Uh, I feel like I've tried everything pretty much, you know, everything to like reading books on motivation and stuff like that, to like watching inspirational videos to like doing, I feel like journaling, like I've kind of gone through, I feel like I've gone through everything. Yeah. So I think I, I touched on it earlier, but it's uh, bless you. I think I touched on it earlier, but it was like, I think for me, it was just, I had to really be excited to go out there and compete. Uh, for me, that was that's what makes me perform really well when I'm excited and I, I'm happy to be there. And I, you know, I did everything in my power to prepare. So I, uh, I think everybody's different. You have to figure out, kind of go through that struggle, that process, man. That's kind of part of jujitsu. You just kind of. What is your go. What is your process before before a, a major competition like like the Pans or uh, you know or, or even a, a WNO? Are you like? A camp? Are you training enough that you don't really have to do a camp, or do you get like, all right, I'm gonna start eating better. I'm gonna be training more. <laughs> you know, is sorry it- guys, I got some rain back here. Oh. It's not bothering you, is it? No, I don't no, hear anything. No, no, we're not picking okay. anything up. Uh, can can go over it one more time? Yeah, please? I was gonna like, do you go into a camp essentially before like a, a who's number one, or even when the pans are coming around? Are you like okay, two month, you know? hardcore training, pro training, I'm going to do these things. Do you have a, or are you just always ready? Uh, yeah. I mean, I try to be as ready as possible. Uh, it's a little bit easier when you're teaching because you're always there to train. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, you know, maybe I go train with Lucas, you know, maybe a month or two before or I go do a training camp somewhere else. Uh, I'm always thinking about jujitsu, even during the COVID times, I was always, I'm still working on videos. I'm still watching editing. So, so it's always kind of there. Um, obviously the physical aspect of it's kind of off. So I think, you know, just try to give yourself time to prepare, you know, at least eight to six weeks before the tournament, you're ready. (laughs) I think mentally just preparing yourself for that experience. That's the most important part, not getting too nervous or too scared. Um, I think for, for me, it's like, you have to enjoy the experience. Yeah. I, there's been times where I was like overwhelmed and like, Oh, I gotta do this tournament and uh, I don't know what I'm doing. You ever drop uh, out? You ever say, I, I just can't do it. My mind, my mind's not right. Oh, I never, if I, when I, whenever I signed up for a tournament, that was like, all right, here we go. That was like, the, yeah. all right, this is real. <laughs> 
It's happening. Uh, yeah. Um, I also like just coming up. I had instructors sometimes like my first time competing. I didn't want to compete. It was like the coach said, Hey, go compete. And I was like, okay. And so just sometimes like the coach kind of can bypass those feelings that you have and kind of from a want those, from a wanting to do it to like, well, I guess I have to do this because my coach is telling me. Yeah. So you're like, you're not gonna argue with your take coach. the emotion out of it, I guess. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of tough now. Like, I feel like it's hard to do that nowadays. Like there's people, you know, they get upset and you push me too hard. <laughs> so that got the hobbyist versus professional. So, yeah. Um, I talk it's, about it's, that a lot because like I'm, I'm a hobbyist. I've mm-hmm. got a full-time job doing the podcast is my second job. And then to really get ready for a competition again, you know, I had a heart attack a couple of years ago. So I uh-huh. have, I did one competition after that. And I just can't get my cardio to a place where I need it to be. And my heart, I was taking a lot of medication at the time for the stints that they put in. So my heart goes from zero to 60 real quick. Mm. You know, not like I feel like I'm having a heart attack, but it's racing so hard that it's, it takes your mind off of what you're doing. Have it, I'm off of almost all of my medications now. So now I'm thinking, okay, I, could I possibly do this again? Will it not be something in the back of my mind? I'm thinking about that instead of the next move. So... I definitely, you know, mindset is huge for me, but, you know, being a hobbyist, you know, if I, you know, if we were in the same weight class, again, we talked about this with, with Marcelo on the last podcast was he does some of the local tournaments. Imagine showing up, you're a 135er and you show up and Marcelo Cohen is across the mat. You're a, you're a hobbyist, you know, okay, maybe you have a black belt, but you're a, you know, you're a two or three day a guy, a week guy and you see this professional, you know, the last video you saw was his combat jiu-jitsu or him mm. wrenching that guy's arm behind his, you know, almost took it around 360 and you're, and you're standing across the mat from this guy, you know, are you really ready? You know, so I may be overthinking it, but that's kind of what I've, I've told myself before. It's like, I'm not, I need to be able to train <laughs> five days a week, you know, and do weight training and get the diet right. And it's very hard to do that when you have a nine to five. You know, that's outside of jujitsu anyway. Yeah, stuff. I mean, uh, a few years ago, you could, it was more doable, but now yeah. you have even lower belts that are full time white belts. Yeah, you know? man, right? Um, I think at black belt, you know, uh, I mean, if, if even like a hobbyist black belt usually is going to be pretty tough. So yeah. it won't, hopefully, won't be too bad of a, a beat down going against more <laughs> of a professional guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, but maybe lower belts, obviously, I think probably. You remember that video, uh, Andre Galvao? He was uh, there was he was fighting a black belt. He's just like riding his back, and it was just like mm-hmm. I think guy. I was there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I might have been there. I was like, and he like pushing him down, like pushing him out. I'm like, Man. I forget what happened. I, I think was the guy tried to... for a hill hook or something. The guy did something, or uh, it was, it was something the like story? that. Yeah, there was more of the story. He wasn't just beating up the guy. The guy okay. did something. I mean, I don't even think he was beating him up. He was just kind of like flowing all over him. The guy turtled up. You know, he's mm-hmm. spinning around his back. And it was just like, oh. And then he pushes him off the mat at the end. It's like, oh, man. And that's everybody's nightmare. <laughs> that's every hobbyist nightmare to be on a mat like that across from, from yeah, Andre and I guess at that point, you're like, well, I better not do this adult <laughs> division no more. <laughs> to be fair, it was adult worlds, life yeah. boat, adult worlds. Like, I, I don't know what know else what to say. For. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you better be prepared. How much, you know, you talked about, um, you know, training and traveling and and coaching other places, you know, for somebody that's choosing a gym, you know, I guess they're not going to know this, but for some, once you start, how how important is lineage of your coach in 
choosing where to train. Okay, maybe a white belt's not going to know, understand mm-hmm. that. But once you start training and maybe you want to take it further, how, how much does lineage play into wh- where somebody should, you know, choose to train? Um, I mean, uh, that depends. I, I definitely think you want your instructor to have some type of record. You know, you yeah. shouldn't be like no record. Black belt, yeah. <laughs> red belt, you're like undefeated, undefeated, 30 year old red belt, 400 and 0. <laughs> uh, so I think as far as lineage, it should, it should just be a record. Oh, he trained with yeah. this guy. This guy has some type of presence or something, yeah. credentials. Um, I would consider that a red flag if someone didn't have any, any type of lineage or anything. They just yeah. came out of nowhere. Um, but I have been around places where they were, where the gym was more of a club. So the, the there was just some guy blue belt or something that happened. Highest belts training, highest belts yeah, yeah. class that day. And that, but that's different than like, so a club is different than like an academy where, you know, the blue belt is teaching everybody yeah. and is in charge of everything versus like a club atmosphere. Um, I, I, I posted on this pretty recently. It was like blue belts should not be head instructors. So I, 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 so the, <laughs> I know the YouTube video is there. I did not watch it. I'm sorry that I didn't watch it, but oh, tell fine. everybody what, to tell everybody your thoughts. Go ahead and uh, and explain. Uh, honestly, if, you know, people don't really look at they look at like the title, but they don't listen to the video. So that easy views, right, guys? Um, but if you listen to the video, it's mostly about your own development. So if you're a blue belt and then you're teaching, you're gonna take away from your own training, right? You're not mm-hmm. gonna be able to progress as fast. You're not gonna be able. You're not focusing on yourself, so ultimately you're going to be kind of hindering yourself mm-hmm. and progressing the belts and stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously there's going to be special cases, but there's so much jujitsu now. There's so many black belts now. There's so many academies now. So uh, I forget what we were talking about. Something well, about blue belts. Well, the, the blue belt <laughs> video that you put out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I, the, the thing is, uh, you know, Drew, uh, one of my co-hosts, uh, he's recently opened a gym. Got his black belt last year. He recently opened the gym at, right, right before COVID, maybe yeah, right before COVID, I think. And he talked about uh, when I, I went to train with him a couple of weeks ago, and he talked a little bit about. He's like, man, you know, but I because I'm I'm helping everybody else train. I'm not getting as much training in. And he's mm-hmm. like, and I see it when I start to roll my purple belts, and they're pulling you know these attacks on me that I just finished showing them, or you know that they've been learning over the course of the month. And I, and I did say to him, I said, but again, it was at white and blue for me. When I was helping people in coaching, it was helping me with the I, I would remember, oh, you, your foot's got to be here. It would help mm-hmm. me. And I was the type of trainer like you that I would go do it both ways. Okay, I'm going to do it on you, but then you're going to do it on me now. I didn't just show them the move and then say, go ahead, go, go do this on the next guy. So that was very helpful to me. So I asked him, I go, don't you feel like you're training your mind? Don't you feel like you're solidifying the move for yourself? I don't think he agreed with me, though. He was like, no, there's still the, my purple belts are putting it on me. And, he, he, you know, he's, he's a very good competitor. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, his name is Drew, Drew Phoenix um, he's down here in South Florida. So anyway, uh, but, I, I mean, your thoughts? I mean, there's, there's a difference between, like, coaching uh, one student or a few students and then, like, being in charge of a whole academy. Okay. So for me, like when I experienced that, it was like, uh, it it was just like, man, it was kind of eye opening just because 
you're always helping people. It's not like you really have that downtime. There's people yeah. messaging you. There's you're in the bathroom, you're showering, and then there's like some guy talking about jujitsu, and you're like, dude, I'm in the shower. <laughs> I just want to wash my wash myself up. So it's it's almost like you can't turn it off. Um, All I'm picturing is a guy with a loofah scrubbing your back, trying to talk to you about jujitsu while you're just trying to take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's, it, it can be overwhelming too because yeah. imagine you're for a whole school whole academy like a hundred plus people are like want your attention and want you to watch them roll and want you to like uh it, it can be overwhelming i yeah. i don't think i was really really made for that because it like, so no it gym really, in the future you're not it doesn't sound like you you'll be opening a gym anytime soon maybe once i get older and like it's all, it's like having a family. That's that's exactly how I felt. Like it was like, man, it felt like I was married with like a thousand kids, and like it was like, <laughs> hey guys, I'm trying to train. And like, there was one time I didn't like look at somebody or something when I was like in a rush to like start a class, and the guy got upset. So it's just like there's so much stuff going on. You like, yeah. you don't know what you're doing wrong. Uh, but it can be overwhelming. I mean, obviously, you use that. You can use your students to train as much as you can. But also you're not going to be usually you're not going to have like high level guys. So that will that's probably what your your friend was missing was also yeah, the high right. level guys help keep him sharp. Yeah. And also when you're teaching, sometimes like your your mindset's kind of sharp. And then like, you know, your body's not like, you know, you're, if you're fighting your students, you're not like always exactly where you want to be, like uh, technically wise. So it, it's a it's a fine balance and yeah. it's hard. It's hard to balance like being a competitive person you know, a competitive jujitsu practitioner and being a good coach. Yeah. Um, I start to smile because my, my, my coach, uh, my professor, the owner of my gym, Felipe, we all laugh because he could be across the mat. We have a, for, for as far as jujitsu gyms, we have like, it's like three storefronts, like triple mm -hmm. the, like a, the average smaller gym that I've seen. So it's relatively big. He's got like, hundred plus kids any given day coming through for just the kids programs, like three different classes. But when he does roll with the adults, like you could, you'll hear him across the mat. If you're talking like 30 feet away, you'll hear him say, save it for Facebook. Let's go. Stop coaching. Like he, he, and he see, he hears and sees everything. We have mm -hmm. this little joke about it that like, just, is he watching? You know, cause he catches everything. He'll roll. And you'll, if you ever watch him roll, in a class, he might be rolling even with a tough black belt, and he's watching the other lower belts train, and he's keeping an eye on everything. He's just he's developed this skill to do that. I know it's not easy. He's not going to catch everything, but he has this skill of doing it. We kind of think it's funny because we see when somebody's doing something stupid, we're like, he's going to see it. Don't worry, he catches it, you know. But so no gym in your future. Maybe maybe down the road, you'll you'll maybe open a gym. I think honestly, I think the best gyms have like uh, you need like different types of coaches. So yeah. like look at AOJ. It's not it's, you know, it's the Mendez brothers. Right. It's not yeah. Mendez one Mendez guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it helps to have, you know, maybe someone that's better interacting with the students and then maybe someone that's more on the technical side or coaching side. So, yeah, it really helps. It's hard to do it solo. You know, I yeah. see a lot of guys do the, do it solo or or try to do it solo. But if you have like. I think you, it helps to have a partner and yeah. partners that are kind of filled in the gaps for you. But I think if you're trying to do everything on your own, like, man, you're going to burn out. Even if you're good at doing both, you're going to burn out. So, yeah, we, we had a coach, love him to death. I won't say his name. We had a coach, but he was so old school that 
you know, our, the owner, uh, the professor would note he was able to, to see that when he wasn't there and this coach taught, he would lose more students. He would lose more students because the training was so hard. He was just like, you have to understand these people. Again, the hobbyists. Not all these people are going to go to competition. These are hobbyists. You have to be careful. We actually have more of the hobbyists show up on Tuesdays and Thursdays at my gym because those days they do a lighter warm-up. So the older guys know I can go there. I'm not going to die by the end of the warm-ups, and I can still get my jiu-jitsu in. And I think that's a good thing. I'll let you guess what days I go on. So, so like, you know, the, the older guys know that not only they're going to be some older guys that, they, that we can roll with, but they also know that they're not going to die by the end of the, by the end of the warmups, but you go on a Monday or Wednesday and you better be ready. And I do go different days <laughs> I do, for work. I go Tuesday, Thursday, just by coincidence. But so, so like he, he recognized that. And he also recognized that he lost students when of that very particular coach who was awesome and incredible what he what he at what he does. We didn't have a lot of competitors at that fight sports location. So him coming in training everybody like they were about to train for a competition, it just wasn't the right fit. And he's come, you know, kind of come in and out, but unless the, the professors there are the owners there, it just it just isn't working out. So every, again, it goes back to everybody learns different, everybody's there for a different reason. And I think a good coach recognizes, okay, I have to maybe tailor the way I'm teaching to how that person learns and what they're here for. Because again, you know, at 41, when I went to my coach and I said, hey, I want to do some competitions, his mouth felt up. He's like, you're 41, what are you going to do? And, and he was like, all right, let's do it. But, you know, again, the 50-year-old guy in my class in, in, that I train with now, one of the old, he's, not, he's doing this for self-defense. He's doing it for the health aspect. He loves jujitsu. And his kids are in the, in the school, so he's showing them as well. Like, hey, look, Daddy can do it too, you know. So again, everybody's there for a different reason, but I think a good coach kind of recognizes that. Unless you're, you know, like fight sports in Miami, it's okay. like there's the black belt training. Like, be careful, don't just show up. No, that shouldn't call it black belt training. They have a pro training. Mm-hmm. Just watch out if you're a blue belt and you think you're going to a hobbyist class and <laughs> you're now you're rolling with black belts who are, you know, about to do. You know the pans or the ADCC <laughs> trials, and uh, you get smashed. So, well, so what are your thoughts on somebody like like Gordon Ryan? And you know, because we talked a little bit about you know kind of the ways to become more popular. You train, you do these competitions, you become more popular. You win, you win an event, you become more popular. What are your thoughts on the way that Gordon Ryan has done it? You know, he's actively chosen to be the heel you know mm-hmm. that's that's by design that's not by accident you know i think it fits with his personality a little bit as well what are your thoughts on 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 that route for some people agree disagree have an opinion i think it's more of a sign of the times that that's what you know people are drawn to so of course if you see like you know if you see those antics or what get views that what that are what get you know those fights or seminars so I can't really fault someone for wanting to be successful in jiu-jitsu because it's very hard um it's not easy it's not easy to make it it's not easy to be good you know there's a lot of good guys that are still struggling you know like you said that nobody ever knows but that you know them and they're amazing but you don't I mean, I'm saying there's people. Them. I'm saying there's people that are are known and good and still are struggling oh. so oh, okay oh okay yeah yeah, yeah yeah uh gotcha. so it can be tough um I can't say that I agree with his methods. I don't really follow him, to be honest. 
Um, that's just for myself. Like when I'm on social media, I'm, I focus on myself, what I'm posting. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I, I, that's all I have energy for. I, yeah. I can't, I don't have enough attention. Posting for, ghost, posting ghost. You're not getting into, you know, if somebody DMs you, maybe you'll answer them, but you're not commenting on everybody's videos. No, I'm just, I'm focusing on my own stuff, my own, yeah. my own business. That's all I got time for and energy yeah. for. Yeah. Uh, but I, you, you can see the guys are hungry to make a name for themselves and they, they want to do it. You know, you see, see that a lot in the MMA because the stakes are higher, right? It's like, yeah, they could actually die. I'm yeah. probably not going to die in my jiu-jitsu tournament, but that MMA guy probably might, there's a ch- good chance something might happen. Yeah. Um, it, it can be tough because you see guys, I mean, I was in the, I'm still struggling, but you know, I remember, you know, wanting to be like more popular, wanting to get those seminars, wanting to get on those tournaments. So, I mean, it is a struggle and um, it's not always fair. You know, some guys are going to get like a leg up on you. Um, but I also mentioned that the the really good guys, like the guys that are, are competing, they know who the good guys are. Like maybe this kid might not be famous, but it's like, man, this kid, he's been killing everybody in Brazil. Like, dude, I know this guy's good. Like, uh, so I think you just, people will, they will see your, your hard work, you know, maybe not like the big media outlets they probably you know they're not going to know who you are until you beat beating everybody every every like uh guy they were they're rooting for until you beat all those guys um but i think you know i i just whenever i'm talking to people or my friends or anything i i just tell them the same advice i follow like hey keep posting make good content uh make interesting content so i talked about the blue belts <laughs> not yeah. not what that was I knew that people were going to watch that just because people get upset over stuff like that without even watching the video. Um, so I think you just you have to adapt, guys. That's are you the guru? Are you the guru in your circles? Are you you know, do you feel like you've become a mentor to some of those other people that you've trained and that are coming up? I I hope so, but I might be more annoying because I'm like, hey, man, got to post, man, need to post, man, post. When I'm, I'm that guy that's like, hey, let's film, let's take a picture, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, because I know that. In the long run, it might not be that one video, that one post, but, you know, over, say, like three or four years, maybe something is going to catch, you know? Yeah. And then you like for me, when I look back, I can go back and see like different stages of myself and my production, my growth, where I was. I was like, oh, it's a different country back then. Yeah, let's watch the video from back then. So. I, I think it's a cool documentation of like your, your life, your life. In my hair is different. Like, oh, I had that hairstyle. <laughs> what, what hairstyle did I have then? Yeah. Uh, so I think just getting people to post content, you know, it because like I said, there's different routes, you know, maybe yeah. you're able to do like something on TikTok. And I was like, or you might, they might figure out something on TikTok and TikTok and blow up. And that, that might be how they are able to live off jujitsu versus like having to win this tournament, which yeah. it's, it's only one guy that can win the tournament guys. This, you <laughs> now this is uh, in, in within like the last five uh, podcasts we've done. You, Eli Knight, and Kendall Roosing have given the exact same advice, or at least we're the same. All, we're all big story. on social media, right? Yeah, we're yeah. All... But the the part specifically was like just keep on putting out content because you never know which is going to be the one. But every, mm-hmm. I I don't know if you can say I think you might have said it before. Every one of them can point to a video that was like that was the one that I really picked up. You know, that was the one I, I know. Like, I know that one. I, and I didn't even think anything of it. Even like Kendall, she got on like Gary V like, boom. Yeah. Oh, did she? I didn't even see that. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what that was. That was her moment. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, yeah. You got the Gary V bump. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So you never know, man. Just like put yourself out there. I mean, 
it, even the tournament's like a form of marketing. That's that's yeah. how I'm looking at it. Like, hey, this is a marketing cost. If I go out there and win, you know, okay. If I go out there and lose or whatever, nothing. Have you thought uh, about, again, I'm sorry, you know, now I think you might have said this at the beginning of the podcast, but have you thought about turning that, like, uh, that uh, consulting part into a business for yourself? You know, helping other people do what you've done? You know, is there, is, have you thought about that at all? Did you mention that before? You might have. Uh, I don't think I mentioned no. that. Um, it's possible. You know, I, I already help my friends. For me, it's just like, like there's some videos, some of my favorite videos are the ones I'm not even in. It's like yeah. the ones I'm behind. I'm like trying to figure out how to. I do see you, 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 you actively like you're making a conscious effort, I think, to do that a little bit more. Right. I think I've seen a lot more content where you are filming others and posting. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even in the thing. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, where is he? Is that him? Oh, no, that's not him. I don't, you know. It's possible for me. It's like, you know, a lot of uh, academy owners, a lot of judicial competitors don't see the value in that kind of thing yet. So it can be kind of tough. So, you know, in what, their hair and actually like film, like putting out more content yeah, for themselves. Content, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think for me, uh, more than like making money off of anything right now like that, it's just like build the skill set. You know, eventually I'll get to a point where it's like, boo, you know, it's going to be fire. And like yeah. for me, that's that's more I would want people to like seek me out, you know, seek out my services, my skills, my talents. That's that's what I want to be at. You know, I don't want to be like in people's DMs. Like, <laughs> I don't want to. I'm trying to stay out of the DMs. But uh, there, we in my world, we say there's nothing better than an incoming sales call. You know, mm -hmm. there's nothing better than somebody saying, hey, listen, I want to buy something from you. Or I, want, I want you to do this for me. But people, yeah. a lot of people in jujitsu, at least they don't see the value in that. Uh, so it's going to take time. And, uh, you know, for me, I'm thinking forward, you know, maybe not this year, maybe five years from now they're gonna be like man i need to get that video content alex was talking about but then i already had the five years you know yeah. of practice so no rush a lot of it's just for fun like i love promoting my friends schools their products their businesses so that's the stuff that's the stuff that does the best is when you're just having fun yeah that energy radiates again yeah. we said before yeah. if if you love what you're doing it it resonates in the video it resonates mm -hmm. in the content that you're putting out when it's forced you could sometimes pick it up, you know, uh, yeah, but something it's not is, the same. It's never the something same. Something is though. simple. Like when I'm talking, if you know, like I move my hands, even when I'm talking to you, you're not even in front of me. I talk with my hands. I do this when I'm talking to somebody on the phone about a marketing product. I, mm -hmm. I just do this. Everybody goes, what are you Italian? I said, well, from New York. I got, you know, from New York originally, I grew up on Long Island. So, but I've always done that. I, I, it, this really started to happen from doing sales. It was, uh, you know, we motion creates emotion. So standing up and talking and more air in your lungs and movement, people hear this through the phone, you know. So I was always taught that. So, again, sometimes somebody says, why are you so passionate about this? And I'm like, I am. I am really passionate about this or helping them build their business because it's fun. I love uh, the, the podcast, again, was an idea on a napkin and all of a sudden – you know, get my wife to buy into it. And she was just like, yeah, let's do it. And you get the support and all of a sudden it becomes a thing. I love when a client says, hey, look, uh, I, I want to open up a towing company. I just bought a truck. I don't know what to do. It's like, all right, listen. And I give them a roadmap. That's very fulfilling for me to see them in a year. Like I just bought two more trucks, you know, like I, I get off on that. 
and they hear that from me on the phone. I know Bo's like that too. We love uh, like helping people. It's fun to help people. It's fun. We started a foundation because we like to help people so much. You know, where we, we uh, the Jujitsu Dummies Foundation awards scholarships to. Uh, we did two scholarships so far to two kids. So you oh, know, we, awesome. we love it. Yeah. So you know, just doing that kind of stuff is is fun. But again, it, I think people. I get messages now like, "Hey, man, keep on doing what you're doing." Hey, I donated ten bucks. I donated fifty bucks. I love what you're doing. Keep it up. That is the payoff for me. There's a little bit of uh, that. I call it selfish. There's a little tiny bit of selfishness in there because it makes me feel good. That, that's the selfish part. It makes me feel good, so I, I like to do it more. So, you know, again, it, it it can translate to business, but at the same time, you know, I I don't uh, I. You don't have. It doesn't have to be that. Jiu-Jitsu doesn't have to be that for everybody. You could just like to go train. It just so happens that we found this little thing that we're bringing to the, you know, to the Jiu-Jitsu world. Now I'm trying to get Bo on the mat. I, should, I say we. I'm saying me. <laughs> I, I I got Bo a gi and a nice white belt, but he still hasn't. I don't think he's tried it on. Did you try it on when I wasn't here? No, he hasn't no, tried it on yet. No. Trying to get him on the mat. Let okay. me let me ask you this, Alec. What what would you be doing <laughs> if you if like you went back in time? What would you be doing if you had never found Jiu-Jitsu? Was there a life plan? Was there a job that you wanted to do? Where would you be? I'm not quite sure. I think uh, when I started jujitsu, it was like I need it. Was something I needed to do. Like I needed to train martial arts. I needed that discipline. I don't were really you a know. Bad where kid? I w- were you like? Were you getting into trouble? Uh, or no, I was pretty studious. Like I, I was really into school. Um, what did you need? Up- what, what, what was that thing that you needed? I think it was that structure, that discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, I think I wasn't getting that at home. And it was just like, I needed to be around guys, you know, like around guys and like pushing myself uh, because I wasn't, I just wasn't getting that at home. And I, I, I think I knew when I started training martial arts, I was like, I already knew like it clicked like first day, like, okay, this is where I need to be. And this is what I need to be doing. And I remember I got to a point in college. Uh, so I studied mat- mathematics. So, I got to a point where uh, that makes a lot of sense. I got to a point where I was like, I had to make that decision. Like, okay, do I want to go keep going on with this mathematics career or do I want to do jujitsu? So for me, I was like, I think uh, maybe junior year, senior year, I had to like, I was like, man, which one do I want to do? And, and uh, in college, I'd already like, I think I won purple belt worlds and pains or something. So I was already kind of decent. So I had to like really take my time to figure out what I wanted to do. And um, I, I did take a break from jujitsu when I, I started trying other things. Uh, but jujitsu just kept coming back in my life. It was like, a, it was like a boomerang. I couldn't get out, get away from it. I just kept coming back. I was like, I was trying to something else. Me back in. Yeah. I was trying my best not to do jujitsu. And it's like, man, I kept, kept getting oh, sucked wow. back in. So imagine. Uh, eventually I just stopped fighting it. And um, I mean, some, sometimes things work out like that. You just can't like, you know, if something's in your heart. That's how I think about it. If something's in your heart, man. Like, no matter how hard you fight, it's just it's always going to be there. Could you even imagine you. your now at this point? Could you even imagine your life without jujitsu, without touching it in some way, shape, or form? No, because like all the relationships I've made, all my friends, my family, like it's it's completely like uh, just made my life better. So like I, I can't imagine taking that away. Like I I wouldn't be me. I would be some. Do you have family else. members that train as well? That that, you got, uh, that got in before or even after you? I haven't had them. Tra- I've had a few family members try classes before. Yeah. But even outside of that, like some of my lifelong friends I've made through jujitsu. So like, you know, I wouldn't okay. have those relationships. So I, 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 there's no way I could not do jujitsu. 
Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, other than Bo, but he's attached to jujitsu to the podcast. Everybody that I hang out with, go have a beer with, mm-hmm. with the exception of like wife's friends and couples, like through my wife, everybody that I know is it's it's in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, through jujitsu. I have one friend in New York that, I mean, you know, you, you keep in touch with everybody on Facebook, right? <laughs> but that one friend that I see, like the one friend from New York that I invited to my wedding, let's say like I, we were both bringing one friend. We, we did it on a cruise. So we invited one friend mm. each and there was one guy from New York. I love, there's other guys that I love, but I just don't keep in touch with them. It's not the same. Everyone else is, is jujitsu related. <laughs> oh no. You know? This is jujitsu yeah. trip. Yeah. And even, you know, uh, I even had like the little cake topper. You know, my, my little purple, my purple belt. Oh, wow. <laughs> As I told my, I asked for one thing from the wedding. I made, I made one decision the entire <laughs> wedding. Cake topper. I said, that's all I want. You can have whatever else you want. Every, you make every decision. I'm going to smile and tell you yes for whatever you want. Give me the cake topper. And she got me, a, she made me a cake topper. So, you know, she, under, my wife never understood the love of jujitsu until she found kickboxing. You know, mm. she doesn't go to like one of those I love kickboxing. She goes to like it's called Royal Kickboxing down here in South Florida in Coral Springs. And it's it's a little bit more serious. She doesn't do sparring. So, I mean, it's still like, mm. Mm, okay, but it's like a lot of like uh, like CrossFit without the heavyweights. You know, she's doing they're hitting bags and they're doing, you know, cardio type exercises and they're lifting weights. She loves it. She fell in love with it. She's just like me. If she goes a weekend where she can't get to a class, like Saturdays and Sundays, it's I go to open match. She goes to her classes. If she doesn't go, we're different people when we don't go. <laughs> when we're not as happy, so I make mm-hmm. sure she goes. I'll even put her go. I'll take care of this. You go because I know she needs it more. I get to I get to train a little bit more during the week than she does. So mm-hmm. so she once once she found that she understands it now, and she's never gotten in the way of my jujitsu training. You know, that in the beginning when we were first dating, it was just like, really? <laughs> Two hours? I used to have to, I would open my coach's gym. He was a, uh, he was a Department of Homeland Security officer, mm. uh, but he was in there, what, what's it called? Internal Affairs. So he was like, you know, investigating other officers. So sometimes he'd have to do stakeouts. And sometimes he'd call me, he said, listen. I need you to open the gym. I'm on a stake. I can't leave. You have to open the gym. So I'd leave work at five, open the gym at five thirty, and I wouldn't get home till nine thirty. I she I'd walk in the door, she'd be like, Really? Four and a half hours? Five hours. Really? Does it mm-hmm. you know? But then again, she understood it and then I kind of got the hours under control, stopped coaching and and then, then it was all better. Now now home life is a lot better. But it it, it took her understanding and finding that love that I found for it to get better like that, for her to really understand. So now she's like super supportive of the podcast. I think I got my first like from her on a video yesterday because oh. <laughs> we talk about it. I'm like, you don't even watch this stuff. I, t- I tell her, I talk about you on every episode. You got to w- go watch this stuff. And uh, so she now she's making a, a, a more of an active attempt. But I, I got a couple of other questions for you. We, we sometimes we call these speed round questions. I don't you know, you could you could uh, you know, one word answers are fine. You can elaborate. Uh, so gear, no gear. What's your go to? What's your favorite? Uh, I do both 50, 50, no, no preference. There's no, uh, there's no favorite uh, child. No, I like both. Cause I yeah. do different things. You know, I love grabbing the gi. I love the sleeves. I love the collar sleeve lasso game, but then I also like the no gi game. You yeah. Know, takedowns, the passing. Toughest match ever. Oh, I've had some tough ones. Um, 
I had one in Abu Dhabi. It was a brown belt. And I just like, I did it. I think it was absolute. I did it. And I was like, dude, afterwards, I was like, <laughs> I was dead. Like I had no more energy. I lost the match, but I also had no more energy. So, um, do you remember who that was? Anybody famous? I don't remember. Anybody? I have know? no idea. Okay. It was good though. I don't remember. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> Other than achieving the rank of black belt, which obviously you've done already, what what's your ultimate goal in the world of jujitsu? Um, I think you know, for every gi competitor, it's the gi worlds have black belt. Uh, Inogi, obviously ADCC. Um, yeah, I mean those are pretty lofty goals. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, just I think just promoting jujitsu. Um, I have a lot of followers that don't train, you know, so yeah. I think just showing a different side of jujitsu, showing like a cool side, because it can be kind of off-putting, you know, you have guys like Gordon Ryan, Craig Jones, like, you know, they're cool and all, but like, is that who they you take it to like? the extreme? Yeah, they take it yeah. to the extreme. Say, say, say you have a parent and you trying to get their kids into training. You're not going to show them these guys, right? Like, it <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all. Like, don't do it. They're not going to, they're like, well, no. I, I uh, so, act, you know, sometimes I look at what some of what these coaches put out, even, you know, maybe it's their personal page and not the gym page. And I'm like, do you understand that if the parents of the children that you're training saw that video, you'd probably lose their business, yeah, but they may yeah. not be following their personal page, but like we in the jujitsu world might follow each other and you might be across the country. But sometimes I look at it and I go, what are these? Did they do realize that that doesn't go away? That's forever. Even if you take it down, somebody you know grabs a snapshot of it. Or do, I, mm-hmm. it just amazes me. I, I, there's one in particular that drives me nuts right now. I'm like, you're, you're running a gym, you're trying to create a kids program, and you're posting that. This is what you're telling parents that that this is, is this what they're going to get? Do they this pay is extra? What your kid will do become. they pay extra for that? You know, so it, it's just it's crazy. It's mind boggling sometimes. So I guess, you know, just making jujitsu more, not more mainstream, but just almost more marketable, right? Like making it more marketable for people to want to try it out and not be weirded out by, you know. I've I've asked a lot of competitors this question, like, you know, do you, are you someone that watches competitions? Do you like, I I actually before, and you said you watch a little bit more the IBJJ, uh, the, the, the tournament stuff. Do you think that jujitsu could ever be, you know, even spoken about in the same sentence as a UFC, you know, do you think it could be that big? Can it be marketed in a place, you know, combat jujitsu, they're trying to make it a little bit more exciting submission underground. They have their way of doing things in their rule set. Do you think jujitsu could ever be like a big top five sport in the U S top three sport in the U S I mean, money-wise, there's no way. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. possible. <laughs> Not yeah. possible. Um, but, I mean, jiu-jitsu is so intertwined with MMA. Like, you know, you yeah. see these guys. They're, they're always talking about jiu-jitsu. I remember uh, Benny Darush fought recently, what, yeah. last week or two weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, two weeks. And, you know, they're talking about the fighters. They're BJJ world champion, great at Nogi. So, I think it, it, Can that's it stand the only alone, way. Can it stand alone? I don't think it could stand alone. I, I, I believe it will get bigger. I believe mm-hmm. as more people train, it'll get bigger. But I think because, like my father, I got my love of of boxing from my dad, which led me to the UFC, which led me to jiu-jitsu. That stems from him watching boxing. He has mm-hmm. now gotten into UFC in the last few years. But as soon as they go to a ground, ah, they lay on top of each other now. 
people just don't get it. And I try to tell them, I say, you don't understand what's going on right there. Do you know how hard it is for him to hold him in that position? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he's, he's, we believe me, he's working towards a submission. I think that it's, I don't think we're ever going to have an educated public because there is, it's such an intricate sport. There's so many intricacies in the sport that it'll ever be a UFC. I believe it's like the minors to the majors that is UFC. Yeah, I, I, I just don't. I, I don't see it. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I just, I, just my own personal experience. Um, it's just, I mean, even the more popular grappling forms, judo and wrestling, are not super popular mm-hmm. or make a lot yeah. of money. Um, I will say, jujitsu does seem to be like more uh, as far as like making money. I, I mm-hmm. feel like you know, there's more money in jujitsu. There's more hobbyists in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just don't see people, you know, buying like a big pay-per-view or anything. Maybe if they did like some type of, you know, how like local MMA shows will have like kickboxing, then MMA. Yeah. Maybe they up. can have like a, maybe they can have a combat something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't well, know. That's, what kind of, well, that's kind of, that's kind of what, now that I don't know, quote unquote retired, you know, I'll do air quotes is, is Gordon retired or he's taking a leave. But I mean, that's what he was going to do in one championship, which was he was going to be doing. I think they were calling it cage wrestling or cage grappling. Mm. You know, it was, I'm going to be in this MMA organization, but we're going to be doing, you know, just the grappling, which I'm not the uh, a historian of where one championship came from, but I do believe they had some of it start their start in wrestling. They did do some of the other martial arts and, and they have been known for that, which I didn't really know, but they are mixing it in. I, I do think you're right. I, I'm agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. That in, if they're if they're going to do something like that and we can get it more popular. And the thing is, again, it's like, all right, I'm going to watch this MMA match. I'm going to watch these guys kick and punch each other. Oh, they went to the ground. Now they're doing their jujitsu. OK, next fight. It's just this one piece. I don't think that that's as exciting. I don't think that that becomes as marketable as, well, let's do everything. No, well, why don't we just have them kick each other and punch each other as well? Yeah. Now, let's take out the two of the most exciting parts of it and just give you the one. I don't know if that works. I don't know if it works long term. No, I think, um, I think it, it you know, <laughs> it's got to be through MMA. Yeah. So, like, you know, you see like guys like Buchecha, Mackenzie Dern, yeah. uh, Damian Maya. I think Jacare. Sorry, Jacare. I mean, you got Tone. Uh, I mean, you did have Tonin. Tonin, yeah. Tonin is in one championship. You had uh, Gordon was following him, but now he's sick. I know I've been watching uh, Craig Jones fight with some MMA fighters recently, so I'm like, okay, is he going to do the same thing? So he's been putting on gloves. He got it, he got tuned up by uh, by some Russian fighter the other day. It was kind of fun. He made a little bit of a joke about it. Uh, you don't seem you're not a, the biggest fan of Craig Jones. Uh, no, I'm just saying. I oh. I'm, I'm, I just know just you guys can't strike. So yeah, like, I'm just like, I'm like I, uh, yeah. I find I, I find him funny as it relates to like Gordon. Like Gordon is is out there. I. Never really loved this stuff and followed him a lot. I think it's a little bit more for the adults, but I think Craig Jones is, is funny. You know, he was talking about recently, he's like, ah, we finally poisoned Gordon Ryan. You know, we've poisoned him slowly. Now we've got him out of the way. <laughs> you know, like he makes really stupid jokes like that. So I, I do kind of find him funny. Uh, but I mean, you know, taking pictures of your naked ass and now they're in the fight to wins. You know, there are kids <laughs> watching that. You know, there he's in one of those... Uh, He's in like a CBD commercial uh, at the fight to wins. It's actually in the, in, it goes up on the monitors and it's him 
there's a, a popular video of him where a picture of yeah. he took a picture of himself in the mirror and it's him naked. And that made it into the fight to win. So it's like, yeah, that's too much for me. I'm a father yeah. of two girls. That's too much for me. There's even kids on the card too. A lot of times. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think, I think these guys, like they want to make it big. I mean, all, most of the jujitsu people I know have transitioned pretty well, you know, as long as they <laughs> took, took mix MMA seriously, yeah. like they've done pretty well. Uh, but I just don't see jujitsu by itself, really. I mean, it's been even like ADCC. Like these are like passion projects. IBJF makes some money, but they don't give it to the fighters. But ADCC is like a passion project. So I think it's always going to be that small niche. Uh, it's somehow cool and mainstream, but like there's just not that money. It's mainstream going to it. us too, though, right? It's like if you're if you know jujitsu, it's just like ah, oh, yeah, you know, kind of know what's coming. You know, when the events are coming up and. You know, like I'm excited. There's a, is it a, I know there's an event tonight. I think, is it a, who's number one tonight, right? Ah, uh, it's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Big this one. is an, I know uh, Wagner's fighting. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, Craig Jones is on this one too. Yeah. Craig Jones is fighting. I believe they are fighting together. Yeah. yeah uh, well, no, I, well, Craig Jones is fighting. Uh, oh, uh, Panza. Panza. Yeah. Right. He, uh, Luis Panza, who was supposed to fight Gordon. He's taking Gordon's spot essentially. He, he Wagner's fighting uh, Josh Singer. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, th- that's yeah. going to be fun. I mean, those are going to be fun fights to watch. But again, we know about those. If I told my dad, hey, come watch. The- no, he's not coming to watch the who's number But if it was the MMA, like, it could easily, like, all right, guys, put these gloves on. I'm like, <laughs> all right, you know. More exciting, you know. So, so you know. all right. So, biggest regret as it relates to jujitsu. Do you have any? Um, Probably staying in school. Training at academies that I, I shouldn't shouldn't have stayed at out of loyalty and you know other feelings, because there's times where like maybe it was better to move you know instead of like trying to stay and just like kind of grind out a living. But there's no um, politics in jujitsu, so I mean every school is awesome. <laughs> yeah, every school is awesome. <laughs> the hell did you know? Were there any any reasons you could talk about like that you stayed at a gym or or why or why you left the gyms? Uh, a lot of times it was loyalty, you know, you get your belts, you know, students look up, look up to their instructors and especially young students. So, I mean, you know, if they tell you to do something, you probably going to do it. You know, I I see a lot of young guys, like they're probably doing things they normally would Mm. not do, but say you take them out of their homes and, you know, they're in a different country, different state. And then like it, 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 whoever's influencing them, you know, has a lot of power over them. So. Um, I think for myself, just being able to think for myself and uh, make better decisions. Uh, a lot of times you think your instructor ha- always has the right intentions for you. Sometimes they don't, you know. Yeah, um, yeah jujitsu like, instructors are not like, you know, haven't gone most of the time, maybe haven't gone to college. They're not trained in how to deal. Now, some some might be, but aren't necessarily trained on how to deal with kids and like you're you're a a guidance counselor, you're a therapist, you know. Some somebody gets hurt, you're a you're you're EMS, you know. You're you're the paramedic guy, right? So mm-hmm. you know some of these gyms, I think that parents don't realize that sometimes, hey, you're dropping your kid off just because this person is X belt, you know, whatever, blue, brown, purple, whatever it is. It doesn't make them necessarily super incredibly qualified to be dealing with your kids. They can teach them jujitsu, but there's a lot that goes on there. You know, they need some guidance. Sometimes I know in my gym specifically, I, I, my team, I think my coaches are incredible. They take continuing ed classes. They do things to make themselves better. But sometimes the kids are more scared of, of Felipe disappointing him with bad grades or getting in trouble mm-hmm. 
than their own parents. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I do think that sometimes there's some gyms like you're dropping your kid off for an hour, two hours, aftercare programs. Do you really know what those people know? Have you really looked at their credentials and, and things mm-hmm. like that? You know, I don't think that most people think that far down the road. I do as being someone that's been in a gym and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'd want that guy next to, you know, taking care of my kid, you know. But not even just kids, like adults, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. adults, uh, you know, they put a lot of trust in their instructors and, you know, they can be blinded by their loyalty. So, yeah, uh, for me, yeah, I wish I um, I didn't make any major mistakes. Thank God. I was like, going to say like, I wanted to <laughs> dig a little bit. I didn't, I didn't know like I didn't know how personal it was, you know, but. It sounds like you had these experiences. Is there anything that you could talk about, like a very specific, you don't have to name names, but where you had a very specific, because uh, there could be somebody out there listening going, oh, wow, I'm going through that now. And yeah, yeah you know, maybe I'm blinded by my, my, uh, by my, the, you know, uh, uh, my coach and, and my loyalty. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm looking for the word loyalty to my coach, you know? Yeah, nothing, nothing specific, but just, you know, things I've experienced and things I've seen uh just people making life decisions based off their coaches and like where they're yeah. training and yeah yeah okay all right i mean it so happens, i think just yeah. and that kind of goes on social media too like don't just follow people because they you know they have a lot of followers doesn't mean what they're saying or doing is right you know just yeah be able to like criticize you know i'm definitely i don't want to say i'm quick to but very conscious i like positivity mm. and i probably have to say you know Again, I think Gordon Ryan is super talented. But when it comes to when I see a post, the going back and forth with somebody or trying to tear into somebody, I don't really like that. So I'll, I'll go past it. Um, I don't like negativity. So I'll, I'm quick to get rid of those people from my feed. I uh, kind of take the Joe Rogan approach. Like, uh, I don't forget the exact wording that he uses, but I'll definitely clean out my feed. I want to see positive things. I like the, you know, I want puppy videos and jujitsu. <laughs> I want puppies, little kittens, and things that are going to make me smile and cool jujitsu videos and people being positive. I like to look at somebody like you and say, look at what he's doing with this. You know, again, hats off to you. Watch your videos. You're always smiling. You're always informative. You know, you look like you're having fun at what you do. You know that you know, you know the topic that you're speaking about. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on from, you know, from way back when I, when I originally, uh, you know, message you is I like that. You seem like a very positive person and that you're the kind of person that I know if I had kids doing jujitsu, I'd be like, yeah, follow. These are the people that you should be following. Mm-hmm. And you're definitely on that list. You know, I, I also like for me, I also don't want to shy away from like important topics too. So like, I mean, some topics are like, man, there's, it's rough to like, I got some like podcasts coming up where like some of the stuff, you know, we're talking about is like not the nicest stuff. So yeah. Outside also, of jujitsu, like uh, topics outside of jujitsu or uh, related, related to jujitsu. Okay. Uh, so I mean, but I I feel like just for myself personally, if I if I feel strongly about something, like I don't mind like um, kind of taking a, a stance on something. Yeah. Uh, but also, I've, you know, I've been on social media for a long time, so you know, I've kind of developed like that thick skin. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, I can take it. Do you get maybe, into the comments on your own stuff? Do you you know? Do you get into the comments on on? Uh, on a YouTube video, because there's always going to be some a-hole that's going to, you know, say something stupid or some. make a comment. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I post on, I post regularly on Reddit, so I think uh, yeah. that that's helped me <laughs> keep you thick-skinned. It's tough over there. Reddit, yeah, I mean, I, is fun, yeah. I usually don't respond too often to the comments as much. Uh, you know, if my friends are commenting, I'll you know 
give him some fire. I know, or, you know that's you. <laughs> raise hands or something, something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I don't read too many comments like I used to. I used to be in the comments. Some of the stuff, some of the stuff is just like there's too many comments. You can it's not get caught up too. To like, you can get up not only get caught up in the amount of comments, but you can get mm-hmm. caught up in the the emotion of like, oh man, I want to say something to this person. I, I, I'm, I've taken the, I post, I'll delete negative comments if, if they're there, you know, we're not that big, we're not as big as you, but mm-hmm. we, you know, like I, I just like, I like positivity, you know, I'll even run contests every once in a while, give away a shirt, say, go say something nice on, uh, on YouTube, you know, comment on this video, you know, I always say be nice and, um, you know, so I, I, I why not be I, positive? It's easier to be positive. It takes a lot more energy to be an asshole. I mean, sometimes, you know, the comments, they might not be nice, but there might be like valid points. Uh, so for me, like, I don't delete comments unless it's like, this is bad. This is like, yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. Okay. But, you know, I'll leave the negative comments. You can go on some of my posts and oh, you'll see some comments yeah. uh, that like aren't too nice to me. But uh, I, I think just growing up without social media and I kind of feel like I have a healthier uh take on it so i don't mm. like take too many things personally i'm not emotionally invested in how people kind of take my content too much um but you know that that might be different for someone younger yeah. like that yeah. might be like i mean really I, these him, kids so. coming up now i mean they've they've lived they've they've lived their lives with and on social media meaning mm-hmm. right they're looking at other people's stuff but they're putting themselves out there as well I mean, this is just a different world. Very, I have a 27-year-old daughter who is, you know, on her own, lives in Virginia's teacher. Great, love it. Um, then I have my stepdaughter is 17. Luckily, she just likes to, she consumes, but she doesn't post a lot at all. Mm. You know, she just likes to be on TikTok watching the videos, but doesn't, she doesn't <laughs> put a lot of stuff out there. She barely posts on Instagram, so she, which is like, is I think is a blessing. Because if mm-hmm. she was putting herself out there and opening herself up to that, you know, these idiots, you know, at her school or wherever, like, you know, opening herself up to ridicule, I, it's she just did that on her own. It wasn't us coaching her. She's just like, yeah, I don't, I like to look. I'm not really going to, I'm not worried about posting myself. So got lucky there. So I don't have to deal with it. But I can't imagine what these kids go through psychologically or what they'll continue to go through when they get older, you know, having your entire life. You know, you say like you've you could look back at videos when you were in Sweden and and where you've been. I mean, I can't imagine somebody documenting their whole unless they're making life. money. Unless they're making money. Well, yeah, it? if you're making money, but Matt, you know, documenting your life and again opening yeah. yourself up to, to to ridicule. You know, kids can be cruel, right? We all know that when I'm they're sure making we, money, yeah. they don't. Care. Yeah. Eh, eh. The TikTokers are a little so different. Like, though. Oh. All right, I got I got one more question for you. But first, anybody you want to give any shout outs to? You have any sponsors you want to say? Uh, you know. Uh, this is your time. No, just shout out to no. my friends. You know, my friends Pedro and uh, Derek and Kissimmee, Florida. Nice speech today. My friends Quan, June, uh, Lakea. These are all the guys you see on my podcast. Too, oh, yeah. My buddies. <laughs> uh, my buddies, Jeff Cummings, uh, Cousin Tony. What's cousin the title Vinny, of your, your BJ? <laughs> your BJ cousin, Fanatics? Uh, Cousin Dave, <laughs> all everybody with cousin in their name, they're from New Jersey, New York. So like, <laughs> cousin, cousin Tony, hey Tony. <laughs> what's the uh, title of What's the title of your your video? Do you have Do you have more than one uh, instructional on BJJ Fanatics? You have a couple, right? Uh, BJJ Fanatics. I have Keeping the Guard. 
That was the and first had, one, right? Keeping the Guard was the first one. That's the one that I know. I have my own self-produced ones. Uh, Short Guy Guard. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Uh, also, Bridging the, the Gap between okay. Gi and Nogi. And um, can we find those all on BJJ Fanatics? You can find just the one on BJJ Fanatics. Okay. Uh, all right. The one, Short Guy Guard, probably the easiest one to find. Okay. That's some good marketing it. on my part. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I get like the Google announcements, you know, when someone searches, searches something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like short guy guard also sounds very similar to like short guard or like guard, like in like basketball. So, okay. I always get like all these weird uh, little updates and stuff. But yeah, Short guy guard, <laughs> easy, super easy marketing wise. That was like, I think I'm not going to ever beat that name. There's some point guard out there trying to pull somebody into his guard. Yeah, guard. <laughs> like, it's like, what is this? What am I doing? I'm a short point guard. Where is the video at? All right. Okay. So we got our last question. This is, we call this our, the most important question anybody could ever answer in their entire jujitsu career. This is the big one. We saved it for last. Do you wash your gi belt? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Team wash your belt. So ding, ding, one of those ding, old ding, car ding, videos ding. was about washing the gi belt. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, that, that oh. gets stinky, dude. Watch that oh, thing. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> watch we, it. Watch we, it. Watch we've it. had. A, we just had this little internal. Again, you know, we started this podcast with about five. It was there were five of us rotated in and out, but it was it was a, a core, maybe three or four of us, and uh, you know, COVID again shook things up. But that's always. Been, I was the only belt washer of everyone. Oh. I'm the. I come into the house. I throw my gi into the wash most most times, or I throw it into a pile. I throw the belt, and you know, I I, I wash it. You know, maybe not every the belt, not every single time, but I've washed it. So, uh, I was uh, I was the odd man out. Most people, though, that we talk to, especially now after COVID, they're washing their belt. So, you're a team washer belt. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, guys, get well. I guess a black belt, we have like multiple belts. So, like, yeah, man, just wash it, dude. Uh, stinky. I don't want any stinky stuff you're on. Not me. washing away your skill. You're not washing no. it away. All right, Alec, listen, thank you very much for doing this. I know we tried to get you on a while back and uh, we needed to do it during the week. If you're ever. Was it last Miami, year? What, was it last year we uh, tried? Or? I think it was probably towards the beginning of 2021. Okay. Uh, but it was, you know, we were, I knew we were getting into the studio, you know, things, a lot of things were going on. Once we got mm. to the studio, I knew that I'd be able to film a little bit every once in a while, you know, in the evenings during the week or just take a day here or there. And, and, uh, you know, there, listen, you're not the only, there are a lot of guys that are like, man, listen, I'm traveling, I'm training. I, I run a school on Saturdays, just can't do it. Uh, so it was a long time coming, but I appreciate you doing this, man. Thank you. And oh, again, if you're ever in Miami. Please let us know you're going to be here if you want to come in the house. And again, we do these little jujitsu roundtables and we shoot the shit. It's a little less interview style and we just talk about jujitsu and uh, make fun of each other. Yeah, I might have to visit. <laughs> I go, I've been in Naples a few times. I guess it's not too We're far. At, the other side. We're on the other side. Yeah. That was a couple, what is it, about two hours across? Uh, no, oh. it's like an hour and 15 an minutes. An hour and 15. And okay, yeah. yeah you guys right. got any fishing over there? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's it's incredible. Okay, I, did the, I did the golf. I did the. Uh, I went fishing last time. It was really oh yeah, cool. man. Yeah, let us know if you want to do some DC fishing. Uh, I mean, this what kind of fish do you have over there? Um, yeah, like sailfish, right? You got grouper, okay, grouper, dolphin, yeah. like the the dolphin actual the, the regular. Not not dol- no, not that not dolphin. It's like mahi, uh, mahi. it's mahi mahi, but oh. it's, it's actually the name of the fish is dolphin. But yeah, that's yeah uh-huh. yeah that's uh, there's some okay. really good fishing down here. Um, like. You can canal fish for bass down here in like the freshwater canals, and like all the runoff. Bass. We have peacock yeah. bass. No, I want, I want the, I want the, 
the real fish. Yeah, no, uh, those those you toss back. You're not eating, you know, the, yeah, yeah, the no, ones in the canals. Bash. They're mixed with like the oil from the cars and the no. runoff. And <laughs> no, the, no, no. There's there's yeah. some good spots for for freshwater yeah. bass, uh, peacock yeah. bass, which yeah. are amazing. Yeah, great to eat and killer fighters. Yeah, there's, there's some good fishing down here, and uh, yeah. you know a lot of. Uh, you know, there's a lot of catch and you know, but you can go out on a boat and either catch and release, or mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna yeah. hey take some back and or just you know, take a clean charter them up boat for you. out here. Take a yeah. charter boat and you go fishing. For Let us know when you hit, man. Yeah. You know, uh, go for a roll and uh, and uh, go do some fishing man, and talk awesome. some jujitsu, yeah. man. Yeah. Let us know. We're we we'll, we'd love cool. to have you in house. All right, man. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank uh, you, Alec. Appreciate it, man. All right. I'm gonna leave out. All right, take care, man. We'll talk to you soon. Later. Thank you. Peace. Everybody stick around for a second. We're just going to do a little uh, bit of housekeeping. Appreciate you guys. Nice guy, right? Right, Bo? Very cool. Very, very good. cool guy. You know, very like, good disposition, it, really. if you ever decide to, to do jujitsu, which it doesn't look like I you I want to go will. fishing. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's definitely someone to watch. He has great, like, basics to advance moves. He does a really good job at explaining stuff. And again, for me, very consumable in, like, Instagram yeah. clips. He does, I think, uh, his one to three minutes. So, really cool. All right, guys, uh, as always, check out the foundation link, the uh, Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation link in the uh, in the description in the podcast audio or on YouTube. But you can just go to at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies on Instagram, click the link in the bio, and you can – which camera am I on? You're, you're on it. You're on it. <laughs> you can just go to at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies on Instagram, uh, click the, the link in the bio, and you can find everything that we do and all the ways you can uh, you can support or get involved. Uh, if you donate fifty dollars uh, to the foundation, you can have the, your choice of a cool mug like you see on the table there, a foundation mug, or we'll have Flow and Roll send you an embroidered, uh, embroidered uh, belt. Okay. Shout out to our Patreon pat, uh, podcast patrons. Did I say that right? Patreon podcast patrons. Say that five times fast. Say it once fast. Including our, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still can't do it including our gym sponsors, Carlson Gracie Winter Haven in Winter Haven, Florida. Check them out at Carlson, or actually cgwinterhaven.com, at Carlson Gracie Winter Haven on Instagram. You can also check out our boys down here in South Florida, Carlson Gracie Broward County in North Lauderdale, carlsongraciebrowardcounty.com, at Carlson Gracie Broward County on Instagram. John Way Martial Arts in Plantation, Florida as well. JohnWayMartialArts.com at JohnWayMartialArts on Instagram. All right. Uh, our podcast patrons also include Robert Walker, Frank House, Wolsey Rivera. I see you, Wolsey. I see you posting. Boa Athletics at BOA underscore athletics on Instagram. Michael Pixley Jr., Jason Smiley, Britt Tavar. Just lost my spot. James Fisher, CJ Carroll, Mission 22, Chuck Reddor, and Roberto Santiago. Appreciate you all for supporting the show. If you'd like to support us, you know, you, you make a pledge of $5 or more per month, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies, and you'll automatically be entered to win up to $100 in jujitsu swag every month. And you guys know it's either a gi from Flow and Roll, a $100 uh, gift card to the podcast store, or, you know, some Fightback CBD. Whatever our sponsors are, are willing to put up, you know, there's always something for you guys. Okay. Also, if you do submit questions to the show and we use them, you're in, you're in that pool as well. All right. Check out the podcast store at jujitsudummies.shop. 
Get 15% off with code JJD. We have rash guards, teas, backpacks, coffee mugs, free shipping. Excuse me. Free shipping on orders over $50. Uh. Uh, yep, sorry. <laughs> Had to do it. We want to thank Weedify Foundation for all their support and all they do for the veteran and jiu-jitsu community. Uh, as you guys probably already know, they provide therapeutic relief to disabled combat veterans through jiu-jitsu. Check them out at Weedify Foundation on Instagram, or you can donate anytime at WeedifyFoundation.org. Fightback CBD, we love you guys. Get 20% off your CBD order at FightbackCBD.com with code JJD. Last but not least, you can support us or support the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation on Amazon Smile. Just go to Amazon, go to your settings, you switch it out to Amazon Smile. Your shopping experience is exactly the same. Amazon donates a little bit to the, the, to the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation, and uh, everything else is the same for you, so you can support us that way as well. All right, I'm at Uncle Milty BJJ on Instagram. Bo, you got anything to add? You good? Uh, Gonna get you in that key soon? It's right here. Uh, it's right here. It's waiting for you. It's calling you. I just I stand there and I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From across the room. All right, in everybody. The dark. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Us. <laughs> <laughs>